Okay, here we go. The Dylan Alito episode. Now, I have to tell you guys, this is definitely one of my favorite episodes we've ever recorded. For the listeners that don't know who Alito is, he's from Colorado. He's a ripping snowboarder. And he's also known for being borderline controversial. He says what's on his mind. He's authentically himself. And some people love him or hate him for that. In this episode, he tackles a broad variety of topics that vary from him being hilarious and partying and just being ridiculous and then he goes into his break from social media uh jaeger bailey's tragic death and the effect that had on him his takes on politics and everything else in between and he's so animated he's so funny i really think you guys are going to enjoy this episode and if so if you do don't be afraid to post it on your social media share it on your instagram uh, or send it to a friend. The Dylan Alito episode. Here we go. You are listening to the Bomb Hole. Bomb Podcast. It's going to be very hot. It's going to be very uncomfortable for everybody. <laughs> the Bomb Hole. going to slide down in big hills. You know what I mean? On a big, nice, burgundy snowboard. Okay, we are back in the booth. Welcome to the Bomb Hole, presented by Solomon Snowboards, the best snowboard company out there. Support them. They support us. Stony Buds, how are we doing? How many bubblies deep are we so far? I'm, st- I'm, I'm only at like one now, but before this thing's over. What do you think? Probably maybe a case today. You're going I don't know. full I'm case? thirsty, dog. Okay, well, Buds, um, for the listeners, we have a guy sitting next to us who's wearing I'm a, a I'm ho- freaked out. He's wearing a horse mask. Uh... Ladies and gentlemen, we got Mr. Dylan Alito in the booth. How we doing? And we're back. <laughs> <laughs> You're tuned in with the best. Bobby Blumpkin, 1067, <laughs> The Bob. Bobby Blumpkin, a.k.a. Dylan Alito, you drove all the way from Rado. I did. Yeah, I drove all the way from Rado just to do this the day before my birthday so I could drive back, party hard tomorrow. Wow. Yeah, respect. Well, um, before we started recording, we were kind of uh, finding some interesting information about you and how you're on a bit of a social media hiatus. Yeah, that's not the only hiatus I am on right now. Um, Yeah, definitely social media hiatus. Basically, at the beginning of quarantine, a lot of people have been having issues with, you know, mental problems, depression, everyone's feeling isolated. And I got to thinking, you know, we spend so much time on this device and we're constantly flipping through it, wondering what other people are doing. So it's giving you constant anxiety. Is anyone else having more fun than me? If you have a girlfriend, you're looking at all these hot girls. You're like, oh, there's so many more better hot girls out there. You know, you're always wondering, wanting things you can't have, things you might not be able to obtain. You're following all these motivational pages who are telling you how to eat, how to sleep, how to work out, all this shit. And it just gave me so much stress and anxiety. Like, if I wanted a fucking cheeseburger, but some asshole on fucking, so, like, health guy was like, oh, if you eat cheese, your fucking dick's going to explode, you know? Or, like, have a bun, you know? God forbid you eat a fucking carb. <laughs> you know, like, ketosis. <laughs> eat fucking bacon cheeseburgers, no bread. You know? So it's just giving you all these guidelines that you don't necessarily need to follow. And at the end of the day, even if it's positive, you're always being judged. You put something up, people comment. It's either positive, it's negative. So you're feeding off always just wanting positivity, wanting compliments, 
being judged. And so I basically deleted it. I was so fucking happy. A lot of people were really worried. You know, everyone's like, we haven't seen him in forever. Brian Cook, shout out to him, team manager. He gave me a call, worried, fucking, <laughs> where you been? Like, I'm always all over social media doing funny shit. And I was just like, yo, I'm fine. I'm actually never been better. Um, Question, so what is your mental state like comparatively is there noticeable impacts in improvements of happiness and like just clearer headspace 100 percent happier i was sleeping easier at night i wasn't worried about like what people are saying um on social media or behind my back i'm just gonna get down to being me talking to people when i can in public when they'll let you you know when they're not throwing their mask on and running the fuck away like i'm the boogeyman and uh I was more focused. I'm not worried on what other people are doing. So I could sit happily in my house and focus on things I wanted to do that are uh, important to me. Creative outlets, reading, writing, drawing, doing art, um, just stuff like that. And I'd be happy going on a hike with the dog, reading a book at the top of the mountain, not worrying about like, oh, they're, those guys are skating or they're drinking there, or jumping off rocks or they're having so much more fun in California. I'm stuck oh, in my. Colorado. Yeah, like. You hike up to the top of the mountain to read? Yeah, I do. It's fucking awesome. It's great. I get That's on top dope. of this big old cliff. And there's a nice little rock. Sunbathe. Bam. Dog fucking looks at all the swallows. You rub one out up there? I must have. Just because there's once. swallows. I mean, it doesn't mean <laughs> I'm rubbing. You took it a step for a step further than quitting Instagram, right? Yeah, I I actually kind of took a hiatus from a lot of my friends. I stopped hitting everyone up. Stopped texting anybody to see who would text me. Who would notice uh, I'm not texting them, not around. And it kind of really showed some people who I had seen almost every day or once a week and shit. I haven't heard from them in two months, you know. So it shows you who's there, who wants to be there, who wants to surround themselves with you. And that's really, that's really fucking important to do to see who your real friends are and stuff. Because I, I have a lot of friends. I have too many friends. It's where I'm always like the go-to guy. I'm always getting invites all the time to do shit. Because people know I'll always say yes. And uh, it gets overwhelming sometimes. You know who's who, huh? Yeah, so it's nice. And then you see, too, if people are only inviting you out to drink or if people actually do care about you or want you over for dinner or want to come over to your place. You kind of see where people's real priorities are. And then, you know, once people are hitting me up and I'm seeing who really cares about me and wants to be around me, then I'm hitting them up. And these are the close friends that I want to be around. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, you know what's cool is uh, right now we're recording this episode. It's September, which is Suicide Awareness Month, which is really sick because that 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 is a big preventative measure in suicide, which is a serious problem amongst males, especially in our age demographic. And uh, basically, it's like, yeah, just check in on your friends too. Don't be afraid to say what's up. That's like now more than ever. Yeah. You know? So that's huge. And I, like talking is huge, but I think, you know, actions go farther than words. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you just need to show people what you can do in life and have fun with it mm-hmm. without like giving them the poor you kind of thing. I love, I want to circle back around and talk about the no phone thing. Personally, I have a uh, policy. Like I have to delete Instagram off my phone for a day, two days. I'll be like, it's Monday. I'm deleting off my phone until Wednesday or something like that. And I found exactly what you're talking about. It's like getting into flow is easier. That constant distraction of like, yeah. Oh, my phone's buzzing. Oh, this I'm checking this. Oh, that like you're able to actually hone in and find deep focus way easier. And then the, the noticeable effect of like you and I have been on trips together. We both read, like if I, if I'm reading a book, I'm certainly 
you know, not to sound self-righteous because a lot of people fucking think they're better than people because they read. <laughs> like, yeah. that pisses me off, too. But, like, honestly, f- fundamentally, when I read, I feel mentally more happy than on my phone. Yeah. And a lot of people, I think a lot of people are scared of their own thoughts. And they're purposely done it, dumbing themselves down with what they're, like, listening to or watching. Just, like, mind-nulling, non-thought-provoking bullshit, you know? You're listening to this, like, terrible music that has nothing, nothing thought-provoking at all. You're watching like bullshit Netflix shit. You're you're watching fucking social media. Just all this thing that's taking your mind off where it really needs to be. And when I was listening to like Mikey talk about he just goes like quiet for days on end, you know? That's really fucking cool. I think people need to be comfortable and confident in their own minds and with their own selves. Like, yeah, I don't have internet at my house. I don't watch Netflix anymore. Social media, you know, like all the girls on there, you know, they're like, hashtag living my best life and they're like pulling their fucking underwear in their asshole and drinking a mark and it's like literally the best thing you could think of to do today was get skid marks on the panties and fucking get drunk because there is so much more to life than fucking (laughs) well let's not act like we all don't have skid marks in our underpants let's not judge somebody for Uh, that dude your boy has to a week ago on the road trip, I had to pull over and toss a pair. <laughs> well, back to what you're saying. There, there's such a there's a famous quote that I always thought was incredible, and it's all of humanity's problems stem from man's inability to sit in a room, sit in a room alone quietly by themselves. And I thought that was just like a powerful quote. That's like because yeah. you're just fucking Instagram, you're just all day long. Yeah. What and are they doing? What are they doing? What are they doing? What yeah. are you doing? Nothing. No Netflix, huh? No, I don't Netflix and Dill anymore. Dude, I, Netflix and Dill. Yeah. I watched a hammer on Netflix last night, dude. What did you watch? It's called The Babysitter, and it is dope, dude. Yeah? Dope movie. A, Babysitter 2. My boy, Vin? Vin. D? No. Grand Diesel? The guy you got his name after? He's my, re- he's, re- we're related. It's, uh, I don't a new one, the second one just came out, and it's a dope movie. Check it out. Hot chicks. I'll try. So a bit there's of a, any a little ladies? bit of a paranormal feel to it. Dope movie. Any? Mac G made it. That dude that makes all the dope. Good music. You know what I mean? Sick yeah. Movie. Any ladies out there with a Netflix subscription, get it your boy. Well, Netflix and Dill, the babysitter. <laughs> Daddy will come over and sit on you, baby. That's <laughs> you know what? That's what's incredible about this dude. Dylan, everybody knows your shit from snowboarding. You're like, yeah, you've done a lot of fucking incredible tricks. Great, you've done all the shit, but Great. like, no, it is. I mean, fuck, we're, we're not we're not podcasts. We're not gonna sit there and talk yeah. about like, oh, remember when you did that crazy? Three, 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 that's why I zone out. I don't even remember that shit. I remember funny shit. I think people think of think of Dylan as this funny, crazy dude that's like wearing a man thong and being a maniac, yeah, you know? right? But this dude is actually deep as hell and intelligent, and I'm excited to get into all that shit. Yes. Thank you. Yeah, I'm glad to show the other side of the man thong. <laughs> <laughs> That's a thing. I just talk shit on girls fucking running around in thongs, and I put it on social media too. So I'm guilty. Yeah, I'm guilty. I've seen you run around a foreign country yeah. with a man thong. Yeah. But you were yep. reading half the trip. I was before you went to bed every night yeah. too. So it was a manual on how to wear that man thong. That thing <laughs> came with an instruction manual. The Borat man thong. Fuck, dude. So I want to talk about the fact that something nobody really knows about you. Is that you're writing a goddamn book right now, right? That's true. Yeah, Mr. Manager. Um, well, that's yeah. the name. That's the title. No, we don't oh. have a title yet. <laughs> you're, <laughs> you're Mr. Manager. I'm Mr. Manager. <laughs> I manage my life. Um, yeah, so basically, um, 
Growing up in school, I was always in, like, triple advanced math classes. I fucking... You were. Oh, yeah. I, I set this record for the fucking country one time on these tests, and they had a fucking uh, party for me and brought me a cake and Come shit on. and gave me a certificate. Yeah, and I was hated my teacher, Miss Harding. Fuck you. And uh, I fucking... Hold on, let me get her... Let me get her. You're fired. Yeah. You're fired. Okay. Fired. She's out. Anyways, she hated me. I hated her, and I fucking... Ripped up the uh, certificate on stage, threw it in the trash. Your big party? Oh, uh, yeah, my big party in front what of the school. What was the math Ooh. equation you it's, Well, handled. so it's a super hard test, and it's five mm. tests. Each test only has five questions. But people are lucky to get, like, two right. So I missed one question on each test. So I got 20 right out of 25. It's over the whole school year. Best in the country. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, they had, like, a big party and shit. And, like, so school was always getting extra funding for me being there just for the math. Fucking what? Yeah, well, I, that's how schools get funding, anyways. The more the students show up, the more days they're there, the more funding they get. Yeah, and then having a student like that in math and how good they do more. Yeah, more funding. So basically, but I was in special ed, reading and writing. I was terrible at it. So when you're so bad at something, it has always made me want to progress in it. Like snowboarding, when I started, I got last place every single fucking contest. And all these kids, my friends, who were sponsored, and I looked up to them and shit, and I was last, 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 last. Then, you know, one down, I'm like 12 or 13, my mom's like, you place, I'll give you a beer tonight. And I was like, won every fucking contest that season. No joke. <laughs> but but <laughs> that, that, sorry to interrupt, but that's because you're a product of hard work, correct? Not That's yes. not natural ability. When I see a challenge, I'm going to tackle it. And I think because I was always so bad at reading and writing, it's something slowly over the years I've gotten really a lot more into and when I was basically this book is about me getting kicked out of high school and I, I dropped out all this shit happened we beat up a bunch of soccer kids one night my mom put me back into school she's like you're not focused on snowboarding I'm like bitch it's August there's no snow she puts me back into school I was like basically like, I'm just gonna be a really really bad kid and try to get kicked out on purpose the school wouldn't kick me out because they wanted all that fucking math funding. Wow. Yeah. So I was just doing bad shit every day, being in trouble. And uh, when I did finally get kicked or drop out of school because they wouldn't kick me out, but all this shit happened and cops were looking for me, all sorts of stuff. And uh, I moved up to the mountains and stuff and I'd entertain people like Austin Julekine and my friend John Pape. Shout out to Austin Julekine. He's a huge, huge fan of the show. He kind of. Give really, an air really, horn. Yeah, he really wanted me to come in here. Sassy pants. He just had a kid, so now he's daddy pants. Um, you called him sassy pants before? Are we doing shout-outs? Yeah. This guy's throwing some shout-outs at. Yeah. Um, and, uh, but anyways, they were always so entertained by my stories. They were always like, you need to write a book. And so years later, I've the more I've read and the more, because I haven't gone to college, so I just took it upon myself. I have to read all these famous memoirs and stuff like that. Feel the flow of how they do it, how I can do it, how I want mine to read. What what's the kind of stuff you're reading right yeah, now? Who's inspiring you? Uh, well, I mean, obviously you got Jack Kerouac. So I was, I felt after hearing your writing a little bit. Yeah, you you know, reminiscent. I always used to feel like Jaeger Bailey was uh, my fucking Neil Cassidy, but also at the same time, I'm always driving across the country, so it was kind of two Neil Cassidys. Fuck Jack. <laughs> Hit the road, Jack. Yeah, I was like, we'd always go and get into the craziest situations. So I'd always like feel like that was us, our duo. That's awesome. And uh, you know him, and then uh, Henry Miller. You guys familiar with him? I haven't read any. 
No. He was uh, a writer in the 30s. He was uh, American, and then he moved over to France, and he was just b- basically just alcoholic banging hookers, and he goes off on these wild tangents where you're like, you're like, wait, what am I reading? This is not even part of the storyline anymore, talking about the universe and how it comes to, like, fucking girls and nasty whores and stuff. So I basically realized, like, you can make a story and make it entertaining out of nothing. Like, if you said the plot of this book is this guy stumbles around France for three years and just fucks hookers, like, yeah. what? It's so interesting. Yeah, same with, uh, what's his name? Uh, Fear and Loathing in Las yeah. Vegas. Uh, it's like, what? They just, a bunch of drug addicts who go to Las Vegas for three days? I've done that. <laughs> Hell, I can do that. Amazing yeah. stuff happens. Yeah, sweet stuff happens. I mean, look at this, just the greatest, one of the funniest shows on TV, Seinfeld. It's about nothing. Nothing, absolutely nothing. Yeah. So basically, yeah, I took time to plot out, like, I cattle categorized all my funny stories over the years from high school or even middle school all the way up through my pro shred career and i was like well i could type out story by story blah 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 no plot line don't really want to do that that's like how that tucker max i hope they serve beer in hell guy kind of does it it's whatever i was like i want you know plot you know rising action climax resolution bomb boom so i was like i gotta write like four books here what I, what I want to get into is your writing process because from what I've heard, a lot of people are able to write. They're like, okay, I need to write a thousand words a day or a hundred or you know what I mean? Do you have a, do you have like a diligent, no pun intended writing program that like where you like sit down and crank out pages or, and how many pages do you have down right now? Um, I don't know pages, but it's like about 85,000 words, which is about like comparable to like. What first Harry Potter book? It's really, a lot more lewd. That's what you've written down. Eighty-five thousand words. Yeah, it's big. It's Holy big. Shit. It's like a four hundred-page book. Like you could cut it in half. It needs to be cut in half. A lot of shit can go. But uh, <laughs> the the writing process it changed. You know, like I started writing when I got hurt a few years back, and I was like high on pain pills, high as fuck, and I just write all this shit so fucking high on oxycotton and all these other Swedish pills they gave me that the doctor over here didn't even Swedish. know. Yeah, they were like, we don't even know what this is. And I was like, yeah, it's fun. (laughs) (laughs) So I'd write all this shit. And, you know, Bukowski said, never write sober. That's another big influence of mine. Dude, Stephen Um, King, he was on heroin through all his greatest stories. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, big pill head. I'm I'm a huge Stephen King fan, too. Um, When I read, I like to escape into sci-fi or whatever. I like to listen to those ones because they got really good narrators. So listening to Stephen King is my favorite. Um, book on tape but uh yeah so i mean that started off and then i was like kind of i just tried a bunch of different shit and i was like okay maybe you know i'm only good when i'm fucked up so i get drunk and write at night sometimes and sometimes you wake up in the morning and you're like wow i can't believe that came out of my head that was crazy shit so you were liking the stuff that was coming out yes sometimes but i think i also wasn't comfortable writing and putting down my thoughts on the paper sober and I'd kind of make these excuses, but then through, you know, I'd finished maybe half the book, and then, like, once it was quarantine, I started sitting down. I was in my house alone every day, which was awesome. I needed alone. Even if someone's in the living room and I can hear him, I feel like I can't do this. And I've felt for so long so many people, like, shit on your dreams, and, like, me being someone who came from special ed classes and never gone to college, like, oh, I'm going to be a writer. They're like, yeah, he's just fucking high as shit talking out his ass. He's, he ain't going to fucking writer you know so you i get embarrassed to even share it with people so it's like a pretty big deal to share this on the podcast and stuff 
Um, but yeah, I became comfortable with like, okay, once I get exercise for the day, so I'd go on a hike with the dog, read a little bit, come back, maybe go to the gym first, maybe write for like two hours and just like, I, I would do it in chunks once I figured that out. And I was like, I don't have to be fucked up, but maybe if I want to write half the chapter in the morning, you know, you know, exercise and then sit down with a bottle of scotch or a glass of wine at night and fucking write again. And then it'll just get wilder. The problem is that I took so long to write it that when I went back to reread it and proofread it, it was all over the place. It was like from different times in my life, you know, I'd be like first person, second person, third person, past tense, future tense, like all over. So I think when you do write, you want to fucking know what you want to write, handle the biz. Because once you outline the chapters, it's just filling it in. It's just coloring inside the lines. You go, this is chapter one, two, three, four, because you know the order it happened. And then I'm going to stick this, 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 this in here. So it's it's an all true story, but some of the events to work with the plot line, you got to jumble around. Like, so I, And this is fucking 13 years ago, so who's to say I didn't have an iPhone, I didn't have a phone, so I don't know the direct timeline of some shit happened way before or even after I got kicked out of school. So I just took the stories. All the stories are true. Who knows if the dialogue's true, and I put it together the best I could. That's so cool. That's cool. You know what's crazy? That One of the reasons you couldn't write as well sober, it's science fact here. When you learn something on drugs, you actually uh, can't do it as well. You have to, like, get back on drugs to get to that same skill level. When you're playing beer pong, when are you best at it? Six four beers, beers in. Four yeah. beers in, yeah. you're on because you learned it. There's people you learn music, and then when they're sober, they're not as good. There's yeah. actually a real study done that that's, that's a real thing. Like, you have to relearn something sober. I could Damn. 100% see that. Yeah, it's pretty it's, pretty wild. I, I would like to know about my snowboarding because clearly learned it sober-ish. But then I told you, you know, I was like, my motivation was always beer. Because my mom was, you know, you win, you need a beer. Um, it's like a dog with a treat. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, and that, and that's how that's how addiction happens. Is you realize the the action, the reaction, the reward, mm-hmm. and that's how you get addicted to anything. You know, so it's like you know, I know when I'm drinking what I'm expecting to have next, but I know I can't do what I'm gonna have next unless I have the excuse of having a beer, and then what happens next is gonna lead to. Oh, yeah, then I could smoke a cigarette. And then after that, ooh, maybe daddy's going to get laid, you know? (laughs) So it's, like, always, like, you're drinking, like, oh, I know this and this and this is going to happen. Like, I'm going to drink, then I'm going to do drugs, then I'm going to smoke cigs, then I'm going to fuck chicks. And you're just doing it for, like, that end goal. Like, I really didn't want the first three. I just want to get laid, but. (laughs) (laughs) Question. So, you know, you've kind of been known for partying over the years and you know you're talking about doing drugs and drinking and womenizing and uh do you think that you're you're an addict or do you think you have a problem with that stuff or what what struggles do you have with that in your life absolutely 100 percent. and it's been so fucking hard to overcome it and you you get that like fomo like am i going to be able to still have fun when i'm not on drugs or like go to parties and do this Am I going to be as funny? Um, there's there's a lot to do with it, and it, it is easier in the wintertime to not party as much, but that, every time I go somewhere, I'm, like, addicted to, like, I, I want to go out at least one night, you know? Like when we were in Kazakhstan. I yeah. went out solo one night. 
by yeah, myself I like, about that. midweek on a Wednesday, you know? I was like, nah, fuck it. I'm going. <laughs> that actually leads into a Patreon question from Young Jock. Oh, no. He wants to know what your craziest Tinder experience was while on a trip. Snowboarding. <laughs> He's really okay, throwing I, the bus I got, I got, I got, I got, a, I got a good one. I got a good one. I don't know that, you know, we all go travel. I'm married, so I'm like, yeah. I'm, I'm living through you guys. The single guys dip off, I, and they are Tinder dating. Yeah, so I got a good one. Worldwide. So I go, I go to Finland a couple years ago. It's me, Jock, and Smalls. I'm not... I, it's kind of a long story, but we're going. Okay. Cliff so notes. we get there, and I was like, fuck it. We're going right to the karaoke bar. Smalls and I had just broken up with our girlfriends. Me, Skylar Smalls went. Jock stayed back. He wanted to be, like, healthy, sober. You know, bam, rip the shirt off, get right into Kid Rock. I'm like, fuck it. So the next night, I'm, like, tindering and shit, and uh, all the other boys are in town. Koss and Tony are in town. And I match with this girl, and everyone else is like, Dude, she looks 16. She looks young. I'm like, nah, nah, she's just hot. You know, you know she, she ain't 16. Um, I go to this bar to meet up with her, and I wouldn't tell anyone where I was going because I knew they'd fuck with me. Ends up fucking Koss and Tony walk into the same bar to eat dinner, and I'm like, dude, just by fucking. By chance. By chance. And I was like, don't fucking say anything, you know, don't. And uh, so this girl comes in. She's fat. She got, I got catfished. Those photos were from when she was 16 years old. The boys were right. Listen to your boys, okay? And then, so, I'm, like, kept looking over, and she's like, yo, why do you keep looking at that table? Because it's Cos and Tony. And I was like, I don't know. That kid's all fucking cross-eyed. He's creeping me out. <laughs> Talking about Cos. Anyways, <laughs> we go back to her apartment. We're talking. She's like, yep. I, I was, like, talking about her friends because I'm, like, thinking maybe maybe I'll hook up, you know, Jordan, who's just recently broken up, or maybe I'll hook up uh, fucking Jock with, one, you know, one of her friends. She's like, I have no friends. I have cats. <laughs> we we cat walk. Lady. We walk into her apartment, and the fucking smell of cat urine was just clawing at my brain, just fucking absolutely killing me. Uh, I said, "Fuck it." Wow, still went for it. <laughs> we. I took my dirty. I rubbed it on her filthy, and we made the nasty nasty. Anyways, yeah. So we did that a couple times. This I, is in Finland. In Finland, I walk home. It's two in the morning. Dead cold out. And uh, <laughs> I, it's like, yeah, 2 in the morning, fucking walk home a few miles, fucking negative degrees, shower, couldn't even get the smell of cat off me. I felt like I could still taste it in my mouth and shit. And then uh, so a few nights later, too, we went out, and uh, this is actually, I'm, I'm throwing this in there for Jock Special because I know I've never seen him more pissed in his life. But I bring home this other chick. And, you know, we're hooking up, we're hooking up, it's getting hot and heavy, you know. I, you know, we're touching each other, fondling, I feel something plastic inside of her. And I was like, what the fuck? And she freaked out too, like she was all drunk and forgot it was in. I didn't know what it was. So she gives me a blowjob and I'm like, ah, and I fucking jizzing, ah, and I fucking grabbed like a rag and it was (laughs) Jock's fucking hoodie. So it just come (laughs) all over it. Like the biggest load you've ever seen in your life. You only bring so many hoodies on a trip, boys. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and the, so, ma- the mayo and delivery kinda, truck showed up, dude. And I was, I was like so drunk, I kind of put it behind the couch and forgot. And then, um, yeah, I had to call my friend in the morning, told her what happened. I was like, "What did I feel inside this girl?" She's like, "Oh, it was a diva cup. She was probably on her period." 
Okay. Yep. That solves that. That it was fucking gross. I had to look up what girls do with it. Girls will like feed their plants with their fucking What's menstrual. What's a diva cup? It, it it's like a reusable plastic cup, a rubber cup that they put in their vagina, mm-hmm. and it catches all the menstruation, the menstrual juices. You can, you can wash it in like a dishwasher. Yeah. yeah or some so shit. so it's like more sustainable. Oh, but some people like. They'll fucking water their plants with it. I read that some girls pour a little in drinks for love potions for their lovers. Is it? It's blood. Blood. Yeah, that's, that's what goes on down there. Yeah. What do you think? Well, why do you put it in your plants? You don't. Uh, no, well, there's that, all that these is kind weird. of a, for, a mild form of fertilization, actually. To be honest, it's blood. That's what's in fertilizer. It's, blood. Yeah. Uh, so Maybe she's a vampire. Anyways, yeah. Well, we're cleaning up and leaving like three days later. Oh my god, was Jock so mad when he found I his co- hoodie? I come up the stairs because I just put a load in the car. And, you know, he had found the load I put on his hoodie. (laughs) And so, dude, he's just heads down, and he's like, what the fuck? This is my favorite hoodie. And I was like, dude... I'm sorry. I was like laughing at him. I was like, Did he I'll put have... it on and find out? No, I don't think so. And he's like, oh. I was like, I'll have Cook get you another one. It's whatever, you know? And he's like, no, they don't make this anymore. It's from last year. And I was like, well, we'll wash it, you know? A little hot water, some yeah, soap. I mean... It's good as no. He's like, I don't want your fucking cum rag. <laughs> Let's be real, though. When you wash it, it's good. It's good. Yeah. But, Chuck, but it was good. But you rocking the hoodie after the wash? Just don't take that thing on a. Uh... Blue light. The black light. You don't want to shine that thing in. No. Don't go to like uh, at night bowling or whatever when they got the black lights going. And all of a sudden it says Bobby Blumpkin and (laughs) semen on the front of the hoodie. (laughs) Bloodbath was here. Man. But that trip was wild, like just chicks and shit. And, you know, I was pissed at my girlfriend, so I was like, yeah. Sorry, not. To- I, oh, I was <laughs> never. I was, heard of yeah. hey, maybe I'll sponsor the show. Yeah, uh, Diva Cup. If you're listening, <laughs> yeah, we're, we're down. They call me Diva Dill. Um, Diva. Yeah. So, but I, it's not usually like that. I'm not usually like going out just smashing mad chicks and shit. Uh, that yeah, yeah. it was like I I hated the girl I was with. I fucking hated her to death. Hated that we broke up, and I was like, I'm out here in Europe. I'm gonna go fucking. Get it going. But, I mean, I was there every morning in the morning, ready I ready to ride. When the guys dip off for their little Tinder games because uh, you're experiencing the country. Yeah. I get to hear these great stories. And, uh, dope. Well, speaking of, speaking of great stories, we got another guest question. Ah, no, love the guest another, huh? Now, this is a guest question which is sponsored by, presented by, Solomon Snowboards. Uh, I get asked a lot what equipment I ride. I personally ride the Solomon Six Piece. It's my favorite board. We designed it from the ground up. Also, the Shadow Fit bindings. So yeah, if you're looking at a board this winter, get yourself a Solomon. Buds rides Solomon. Facts. He shoots a lot of photos for Solomon. I do, man. They they take good care of me. Good crew. They <laughs> sick team too, bro. They take care of us. So you guys should support them. Now let's get into the guest question from Solomon Team Rider Tony Kirkla, all the way over oh. in Finland. Here we go. Uh, hi guys, this is Tony Kirks from Finland. Uh, Alito, can you tell us a little bit about the microwave town where we had the breakfast every morning? And also if you can tell us how was the taste of horse milk. <laughs> okay. Have a good one guys. Later. For the layman's, he's talking about our trip. All three of us went to Kazakhstan this year. So, uh, yeah. but he's talking about Kumis. Tony. Tony, it's, it's yeah, cumis. The milk, yeah, the okay. horse milk, yeah. K u m i s. Why do we keep talking about thick white substances with the <laughs> cum? It's natural, man. 
And it's if fun. You can't Hearing understand. Tony's voice, first of all, was incredible. <laughs> yeah, if, if you can't understand the Kirky later, he said microwave town. Yes. So I mean, all right, let's do a fucking vote. Who is about microwave town? Because I know who is about microwave town. Not it. You it, weren't it. No. Really? It, I thought you were in. I, we're looking. This is a one it, for the listeners. <laughs> the only person to raise his hand was Don Alito and the three person. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, maybe my first time to microwave town, but like seven. Trips in, man. I was over that place, dude. Yeah, the mean, food in Kazakhstan sucked, bro. Until well, once we left Microtown, it got kind of oh yeah, yeah. And then you man. find out you're like, I can eat a five course meal with like a few drinks for fucking ten, twenty bucks. You know, like yeah. I was fucking mountain food after that. Microwave town, but sucks, microwave man. town equated to about like two dollars American, and you'd get more food than you could finish. And you you go down this line. And it's buffet style, but everything's cold. And then they, bam, bink it in like an old school 70s microwave that's definitely outlawed in America these days. Mine wouldn't even get warm. Half Light the time. radiation. Yeah. They know? didn't even fully heat it up. Oh, yeah, like full microwave dinner style. Hot on the outside, cold and, in the center. And we'd go there for breakfast because they were open 24 hours. And we'd be like hours. Swedish meatballs and chicken and... There's just some, str- you know what's weird, weird about the Kazakhstan? Weird. Like, the, there's just a lot of weird smells that you don't smell in America coming out of these. Like, you're just kind of like walking into a restaurant, like, this is just smell. sketch. And uh, the kumis, kumis was bomb. And it's actually a super interesting story on why they make kumis and how they make it. Um, Kazik means nomadic. So, Kazakhstan is like nomadic stan. And they honestly don't have a lot of history written down because. They were constantly traveling. The gypsies, you'll never get this, you know? <laughs> so, and which was crazy because, like, they had a huge art museum, and our friend we were out there with, he's like, I don't understand how they have art or history. Like, all our history is told through sing song because they were constantly traveling, so they wouldn't have time to carry all this equipment. And what they'd do is they'd milk the horse, and they'd put it in a bag. And so the bag would slap against the horse or the carriage. That. Yeah, while they walked. And then once they started having, like, little villages, they'd hang up the bags, right? And you, when you walk through the town, you're supposed to punch it. I told Chris this story. He thought I was making it up, I think. Oh, fucking Rocky, yeah, you know? <laughs> Bob and Weave, Bob all, and Weave. I didn't see any bags of milk hanging around. Yeah, well, this, clearly this is... <laughs> I didn't see any milk bags when we were in Cogsdale. I mean, don't get me wrong, I love slapping a little bag. Uh, you could have slapped bag all up in that town, dog, <laughs> hey, the and ne- not got in trouble with your girlfriend. Uh, yeah. The night I went out on the town alone, I got into some milk bags. I didn't try <laughs> you get the milk slapping. I didn't try the cumis, cumis. Uh, you didn't, yeah. You, you liked it. I liked it. Yeah, it's I liked everything. And milk. We, we also ate horse while we were out there. Is it fermented camel's milk? Or? It might have been. No, it was horse. horse. Milk or milk? It, well, it might have been camel milk. It, might, it, it is camel yeah, milk. It is. I think it's it camel. is. camel, yeah. Um, but And, yeah, we ate a lot of horse. Yeah, because every day we'd be like, I'm, hu- I'm so hungry I could eat a horse. I personally not, didn't think the horse was that good. A little gamey for the uh, kid. They're not preparing it. You right. liked it, huh? I liked it, yeah. yeah. I wasn't horsing around. You, you know? weren't horsing around. Every morning, sea biscuits and gravy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, damn, dude. Hey, while we're on the subject, uh, which is pretty cool, uh, we were out there. We were filming for the 32 movie. Who was the crew? Who was the crew? It was Young Jock, Mr. Cummins Sweatshirt himself. Um <laughs> He's probably the, not gonna like that one. No, the calculator, Tony Cochran. Um, me, uh, you. Who am I forgetting? One more, uh, uh, Buds Lars. Buds Lars. There's one more writer. Our guide. Our guides. 
I don't think there's no. Oh, I think that's it. Four that riders. was it. Me, yeah. you, Jock, Tony, Buds, Lars, and then our guides. Cool. Um, but what I wanted to get into, which was pretty cool, was uh, you know we're filming for the Thirty Two movie yep. team, and you got a you know we got a bunch of clips while we were in on that trip. But one of my favorite ones, Skyler actually sent over, and it was this bridge in Astana was the city we're in. And we're going to insert the clip. Oh, you and, got the clip. And we're going to play it right now, and then on the screen they'll see it. But here it is. I also got a print of this. My man. That's going to go up for sale. And uh, Autographed. I mean, that, that clip was funny because we went two days before or something, and I was trying a completely different trick, which was kind of like... Maybe could have worked. Maybe not working. You were close, dude. I was close, and I really want to go back and get that kind of trick because I don't think we're going back, boys. Not there, but I, I mean, I want to go back to that trick on another place. Fuck it, I'll go back. Why not? I'll go we got just to go to that dialed. wall. Yeah, just to go to the wall. We yeah. got that place dialed. Let's go. We got it dialed. I'm in, dude. Well, that that kind of circles back around. I wanted to tie into what you were saying earlier, and I think. Maybe I'm assuming here, but a lot of people that aren't sponsored snowboarders, I think that they're they think that the people that have made it in a pro career are just naturally talented than them. They're different than them, and it's really cool to hear. Like you know, you were a special ed kid and you struggled with English, and you're writing a book, and then you did not have snowboarding come naturally at all, and you're a goddamn professional snowboarder. Like here that. we are, and special I just think that kid that's. But banging at math, though, it's crazy. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, I mean, it's kind of like Ooh, that way my whole challenge. life, you know. I was always the littlest guy on the football teams, like the littlest guy always. So I never wanted to be, like, the fucking little guy. I always wanted to be, like, the toughest. And, you know, if anyone gave me any shit, I was fighting, you know. Fucking Happy Gilmore on the lacrosse field. I was fucking ripping kids' helmets off and punching them in the face and shit, tackling kids, like. I have a little bit of an anger issue. <laughs> what, where did the it's anger issue come out, from? Where did the anger issue come from? Yeah. Honestly, probably if we want to get into it. Probably, let's get deep. Let's get let's deep, get dude. Deep. We're here. We're sitting here. Yeah, You're I'm, talking a, shit. I'm, I'm a therapist, in the hole. Couch. Let's get down into the hole. Let's yeah. get deep let's into, the, into hole the hole of the bomb. Yeah. I mean, honestly, you know, they say a lot of things come from your parents and shit like that. And, you know, my dad was like a pretty fucking mean drunk, you know? And... I, he was a good, great dad when he was great. Great dad, you know, take me to fucking football practices and shit like that. Maybe even coached for a little bit, too. Uh, but when he was drunk, you know, he'd get fucking mean, and he's always screaming at, like, me and my brother. He'd get physical with us, fight us, you know, screaming at my mom all the time. And, you know, I, you pick up on that shit. And it's funny seeing my kid, my friends who have kids now, and like their kids will be like, "I'm angry" or something. And it's like because they saw their parents get angry once, and it's like that is not good for kids to. You're not angry. You're fucking two. You know, you poop in your pants. Yeah. What are you angry um, about? But yeah, not like when I was like twelve or thirteen, uh, my dad came at me two different times, and I fucking put him down. You know, because he was fucking wasted, and he never fucked with me again. Never again. But he, I, he'd still fuck with my brother. You put him down. Oh, I put him down twice. Big time. He taught me. He's like, you know, you fucking punch a fat guy in the stomach, he's always going down. And he'd come up and try to fuck with me. I'd duck. Bam. Huge bruise on his stomach for, like, weeks. Didn't fuck with me for a while. Came up, like, wasted on Christmas night one time. Same thing happened. And I fucking, bam. Didn't take shit from him. And I, that's when I was kind of like, I'm, I'm not taking fucking shit from anybody, you know? Like... 
And I, I think like a lot of that aggression probably came stum- stemmed from there. And then, and then you apply st- that to, you say you take that, that aggression and apply it to your snowboard as well. Yeah. And, um, you know, I was always like, it's, it's bad to get angry in the sense that when you get angry, you usually lose 20 IQ points. So you're instantly dumber. I mean, most of well, us That's are, a fun little fact. Yeah. Most of us are already fucking stupid already, especially me from like, you know, drugs, <laughs> Alcohol, head fucking injuries. head injuries, <laughs> stupid enough. So you, when you have that fucking anger in front of you, you're maybe in a fog when you're trying to get the trick. So it's important to stay calm. But I also have read that um, when you get angry or mad, you can endure up to 30% more pain. Mm. And how they tested it is they get, uh, they get people to stick their hand in a fucking bucket of ice water. And then they get them really fucking pissed off and have them do it. And they could they could stand in there for another fucking 30% longer time. So it Adrenaline, is... basically? Yeah. And I think it is important sometimes when you're taking lots of slams, you know, you can throw a fuck in there, you know, get all fired up, get a little adrenaline boost. But then when you, you know, when you get to the top, you need to fucking calm down, zen again, do a little deep breaths. Sometimes I like to grab... You know, like... You know, a little angry, a little animalistic, hey, you gotta, but I'm ready. And wild boar noises. We, I mean, we were talking about in Kazakhstan. You, you got a little upset one day, but it was like as soon as the trick was over, and I don't think you got the trick, boom, Grandy's right back to happiest guy ever, making jokes. He's back. and it's, You, you got to make angry. The animal sounds like there's something primal there. If you're, yeah. if you're scared shitless and you got to make yourself try something – whether it's a snort or like I kind of I'll go into the dog barking territory a little bit. Yeah, Reed um, goes monkey. Reed goes monkey. Okay, yeah, gorilla. It, yeah. I mean, goons always barking. Goons so. been barking. Yeah, been barking. It's nice, barks. you know. The animal sounds well, they have a they have an effect. Yeah, and also I noticed you you do have excessive use of profanity as well. That seems Very, to help. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, but leave it at the spot. You know what? Bjorn has a fucking theme song, which is so cool. When he's standing on top of a line, he starts whistling like. I, I can't remember. You know, I like remember it. it's this. like a like some pump up, song. like yeah, yeah, like something that the fucking you know. Um, <laughs> I've heard him do it. Yeah, it's yeah. sick. That's it's it's like some cowboy theme <laughs> to song. To get him yeah. stoked. <laughs> fucking Clint Eastwood's coming down. the I've line. actually, I think I've heard him even singing on the way down as he's dropping in the shit, like riding in the sun and actually singing or humming or, and he always does it. Yeah, whatever you got to keep calm. Okay, so let's get into a great segment of the show, one of my favorites. You know what segment that is, Bud? It's a fan favorite, man. It's brought to you by the Dew Tour as well. It is Name That Video Part. Woo! Presented by the Dew Tour. I hope that all of you get a chance to witness the Dew Tour. Have you, have you ever won any money at the Dew Tour? Uh, yeah, I have. I think I've gotten second, uh, just like the street jam shit. I've also been x from the slope style because I, uh, got knocked out and I, I got knocked out and I fucked with ski patrol when they came around. They were like, in a knocked out state? Yeah, I was, it was in practice and I was like, you know, I'm not clearing this jump, not clearing this jump. Uh, let me, uh, uh let me do a double backflip and then I'll clear the jump. So I, you know. Toss a double backy. I had a child's helmet from Walmart that said SWAT team on it, you know? It was like not. Bold strategy. No protection whatsoever. No protection. <laughs> just that on top of a beanie. Like, fuck that shit. I don't need that. 
bam, knocked out. Ski patrol comes down. They're like, you know who you are, blah, blah, blah. You know what year it is. I'm like, I don't know, man. They're like, who's the president? And I was like, it's, uh, 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 and they're like getting on the radio. They're like, he doesn't know. He doesn't know. We need help. And I was like, it's oh, oh, Obama. <laughs> and they just were like, God, ah, this fucking kid, pull his bib, get him out of here. <laughs> okay. But thanks to Sarah and Chris Costanza for always letting me come back to yeah. the rail jam. That's fun. <laughs> okay. Love you guys. Hell of an intro to name that video part. Uh, how are you feeling so far as far cool as confidence? Story, we, we talking? Uh, I I mean I don't know if you're gonna fuck with me big time, but I mean if it's anything in the era when I grew up, I'm I'm nailing it. We used to play this game on the way up snowboarding. So. Well, I'll play it, and if you don't get it, I'll give you a couple hints. So here we go. Yeah, there's a there's a pig snort in that one too. That's that's my boy, Chris Bradshaw. <laughs> in color, trans world, baby. He does the pig snort. One of the best films of all time. What we have here for our prize is a igloo cooler that they custom made us with uh all over bombhole print. And it's filled with a bombhole hoodie and bombhole merch that's all available at bombhole.com. Uh yeah. Hope you enjoy. I, I will. I always enjoy coolers and what comes in them. Mostly coors and coors. <laughs> <laughs> okay, for part two of Name That Video Part, uh, let's just say this this guy's a man of the people. I'm going to just get right into it. I think a lot of people are going to know that one. Tommy Jesby, video gracias. <laughs> Shouts, there's one guy in the comments that his handle is Tommy Gesby in video grass, and he comments every time Tommy Gesby in video grass until we pick that song. And he so does it the night before, too. Like. Shouts to that guy. Oh, uh, that's amazing. It's Thank great. you guys for playing Name That Video Part. Where are we going? Okay, I wanted to get into um, a heavier subject right now. Just dive right in. But, you know, on the subject of, like I said, it's Suicide Awareness Month, mm. and we've lost a few good ones. And I know you were one of Jaeger Bailey's closest friends. And uh, I don't know. I just wanted to talk about the effect he had on you and your guys' relationship and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> great. Like, first, I mean... <sighs> Uh, first off, like, if we're going to talk about this, I mean, <clears throat> we're going to talk about it. If we're going to talk about this, we're going to fucking talk about it. And, you know, obviously I can't tell you how Jaeger was feeling, what he was going through, but I can tell you how I was feeling years prior and what we went through together and reasons why I think amounted to the things they did amount to. So if we're going to talk about that, yeah, I mean, we got, we got to go back a few years we got to go back to first one. Like I said earlier, started off the show. One of the biggest fucking things is social media. Like stop fucking talking shit to people. Stop saying all this shit that's not fucking true. I don't even feel like I can be myself so much of the fucking time because people think like they fucking discriminate over everyone. They stereotype any kind of any person. You know, you just fucking talk shit on the fucking social media. Gives you so much anxiety, so much FOMO. People might be feeling a certain way and they feel like they can't be themselves because of uh, they're going to get critiqued on it a certain way, which sucks and it's fucking scary, you know? Uh, and 
a lot of people after it happened, they'd always be like, Jaeger, you always looked so happy and seemed so happy on Instagram. And so I want to address that with, that's a fucking mask that a lot of us wear to cover up our depression. And I do the same thing. Like everyone's like, you're so happy all the time. So happy. But it's really just like, I've, you do so much and you get just numb to it. And then you're always looking for the next high. So you're chasing the dragon of the high. Like, how can I be funnier? How can I be more absurd, more erotic? You know, how can I do that? How can I get more laughs, more? And then, you know, it just all dies down again. And it's, you realize you're not having fun. And like, that's the thing with snowboarding too. We get to go to these crazy places, Kazakhstan and stuff. And I'll go on trips with, you know, my friends to somewhere else. And I'm like, People will be like, how was the trip? And I'm like, oh, it sucked. It's whatever. So you get numb to things in life that you should have so much appreciation for. And you need to find out how to stay humble towards those things. And remember, you know, sometimes you might need to fuck up real bad or do something like that to remember, like, God, like, even just riding your bicycle down the fucking street without, look, look, mom, no hands. Like, that shit is so fucking cool. It's so much fucking fun. So you just have to remember once in a while to stay humble. Quit fucking talking shit. I mean, do you, we were talking about social yeah. media earlier. I, yeah, this is we had a conversation earlier, and we were kind of getting fired up. But I, I've been wanting to do a PSA with a huge problem I see on the Internet. And you see these people that have burner accounts. And there's there's got five followers, and it's just this little secret account where nobody knows who it is. Finsta. And they, they basically are burners and they fucking talk shit they get on all these pages they comment they say mean shit they troll people there they really they bully people and i just want to say if you have a burner account and you're talking shit you are a fucking coward know that know that you're a fucking coward and you need to stop that shit because that could be the reason why somebody like jaeger's going you could fucking it's just the worst shit ever so don't ever say shit you wouldn't say directly to that person's face on the internet yeah and even if you're not doing it to that person somebody in the comments mm. might read it and feel There's like so they much, can't be them had fucking themselves the somebody had a fake account i don't even remember the scenario <laughs> yeah yeah fuck them i saw a big article they're called finsta fake instagram yeah. okay they're yeah. saying fucking troll account yeah there it was a whole article about the scenario yeah it's fucking fucked I mean, up i've seen it sad. firsthand on the internet all over the place so I mean, Instagram and social media is a huge, plays a huge, huge part. And I think also so does, like, this life that we live and we choose to live is so extravagant that sometimes you forget. You know, like, he's living in a small town, Mammoth, and that town fucking eats your soul. Think of how many good snowboarders have just fucking just annihilated their career because of fucking alcohol, and they get stuck with these small-minded, small-town idiots. And that's why I had to get out of Evergreen, and that's why I also had to get out of Breckenridge and down to the fucking city in Denver. I hate the fucking city. But I can't deal with all the rumors and bullshit. And it's like you're back in a fucking high school when you're in these small towns. So I wanted to come home and see nobody I knew. Like, just, you know, be away from snowboard scene. Hey, what tricks are you doing? Like, I don't... It doesn't fucking matter. Ask me how I am. I'm not Dylan Alito the snowboarder. I'm Dylan Alito the human fucking being. Okay? So, you know, and like... People like him in a small town like Mammoth, he's like the fucking king, the mayor, the god. He is the deity, the supreme deity. Everyone worships him, but they just want to bring them down with themselves. Like, they feel like shit, so they're drinking and doing drugs. And, oh, if Jaeger's going to drink and do drugs with me, I might feel fucking better about myself because he's so accomplished. If someone like he can do it, maybe I have help for myself. So, I also want to get into... 
you know, I think another big part is sponsors and what sponsors have done to a lot of fucking riders is so fucked up. And where it comes into play in with me and how I know how Jaeger was feeling and shit. First, I'd like to say Jaeger is the only friend, the only friend I've fucking ever, ever had who's never made me feel bad about myself. Never, like, my taste in music, my sexual preferences, girls I've dated, fucking snowboard tricks, anything. He fucking looked up to me. I looked up to him. He was always there for me, and he was just a genuinely good person who would let me be who I wanted to be, how I wanted to dress, how I wanted to fucking do my hair, you know, whatever. Great fucking dude. And I was having problems where I fucking, you know, it kept going downhill with Volcom more and more each year because they were fucking bought out by a big corporation. And I got hurt one year. I was hurt all year. Fucking the team managers are like, we're taking you to Australia, you know. We get, we got you on Australia in the summer. We get, we're going to take you down there. I I get no news forever. I fucking look on Instagram. They're all down there. I was like, what the fuck? And, like, they kind of text me back, and they're like, we need you healthy. I was like, okay. They need me healthy. I'm an important part of the team, you know? Fucking all right. We go out to Mammoth a few months later in the fall. I hadn't drank for a month because I was like, I need to be sober. Maybe that's why they didn't bring me down. I'm fucking party. So, like, all this shit gets in your head so much, so much, because you're so scared about losing your fucking job or whatever. Because that's all we have. That's all we have. Like, these companies, when they kick off these kids, they have nothing. They get no experience, no nothing. Nowhere to go. Lost fucking puppy. Just thrown out in the streets. And so I'd been, like, sober for a month, and everyone's like, you know, you do expect your team managers to be so proud of you. I'm a fucking athlete. I'm a world-class athlete, you know? Fuck. Travel the world. Hurt my body. Do permanent, irreversible damage to my body and my brain. And... They're just all like, we need Bobby. We need Bobby. Bobby, Bobby, Bobby. Party, 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 party. I'm like, oh, fuck. Well, if this is what my bosses wanted me to do, I'm just like, fuck it. Just shotgun two Red Bulls. Drink half. Fill it with tequila. Bam. Jaeger, get in here. Drop the lines down. Boom. Start fucking doing blow. I'm gone for two fucking days. They didn't even see me. And this is because I have a drug problem. And when you're a friend, a team manager, a colleague, coworker, team member, you don't fucking tell somebody, get off, you know, start partying again. Cause you have like, you know, I'm sure you haven't partied in forever. If you if you fell off the train, you're going hard. Probably of course, fucking yeah. weak in I'm the going to, yeah, I might die if I'm falling. <laughs> yeah, you're bomb holing. <laughs> yeah, we're bomb holing. So it's not fucking fair. And then you know, we go down to SoCal after I finally show up, you know, fucking come out of my drunken stupor and um I'm talking to fucking the team managers about uh, what I want to do this year. I came up with a super creative project, and Pat Bridges is so stoked on it. He still wants to do it, actually. Um, and basically, they wouldn't even give me fucking money to do the project. So I'm like, okay, you're over here claiming you need me healthy, but you can't even give me any money for a project. So what's the point in paying me when you're not going to fund all these things I want to do and film to make me worth being even on the team. So I'm like seeing it go downhill even more. I'm depressed. Thank God. Fucking Brian cook from 32 always has our backs. He hired Skylar to film smalls, Johnny O'Connor and I, that's when the whole come state stain story happened that winter. But I was in like a super hard, super depressed place. You know, all that fucking after that year, all summer. And like Jaeger calls me, he's like, how are you doing? And I was like, I'm not fucking good. And I was like, Literally every day in the summer, I'd just sit in my room and I'd fucking examine my life. Sit there, fuck, grab my gun, examine my gun. Just fucking fuck it. 
put one in the chamber. Hold that fucking shit up. Just wanted to fucking die. I was like, you know, snowboarding's going downhill. Nobody's there for me. No one fucking cares if I'm partying or not. I'd come out of my room, just put on my fucking clown makeup, my happy face. Jaeger, you know, he was like the only one I could fucking tell. And he was like, come out. Come out to Mammoth right now. And I came out to Mammoth. And, you know, he's like, how how are you doing? I was like, the clip's loaded, so to speak. And it actually became like a joke of ours for the next like two years. It was like an inside joke. And every time, you know, when we weren't feeling good, we'd just say to each other, yo, the fucking clip's loaded. Like, or one's in the January. And it, but Jaeger, I want to say, he didn't even like make it a big deal or dwell on it. What he did, and he lived so much fucking life, is he just reminded me and showed me how to fucking live life. We'd wake up, we'd snowboard all day. He hadn't been snowboarding all that year. Fuck it. Tossing double backflips, 450s on the rails, 360s on, you know, 360s out. And he just reminded me. And then we'd, you know, go down. We'd fucking be nuts to butts on his bike all day. Go fishing, go jump off cliffs, go do backflips, go drink, do it all again. Two weeks, we're just doing this over and over again. Just showed me what life was. Like, there's so much more to it than just drinking and doing drugs and partying, and you, like, there's always life to be had. Life's a fucking playground. So I was, like, so much better. Jaeger is the cure to my fucking illness, always, and always was. And I know a lot of people, like, think, like, oh, Jaeger, fucking, he just got drunk and made a mistake one night. But it's not true, because I, I know he was battling around that same time, shortly after that. Battalion started fucking with him. He filmed his best part ever for Absinthe, and then they fucking offer him half his contract because some contest kid with a fucking rich daddy or lawyer or fucking agent came at them saying he needs money, and he never even fucking placed in a contest. And Jaeger was like, fuck you, I ain't signing the contract. Good for him. Good for you, fucking Jaeger. We don't take shit from anyone. We don't negotiate with terrorists. (laughs) (laughs) And I don't know if he ended up signing the contract and just taking the money and saying, like, fuck it. And this had happened so many times in his career where Brian Cook offered him contracts three different times. And he'd always about to sign it, and someone would come in with more money. Nike, Grenade, someone else. We'll pay you more money. Don't sign that fucking contract. Just wait till December. December would come. Bam. No money. Fucking dogging this kid. And then fucking the the 32 fucking contracts off the table, but Cook could offer it to him every other fucking year because he knows good snowboarders. He knows passionate people. And when you're on the fucking team under him, he's going to, Cook's going to let us snowboard as long as we want. You know, he's not saying, JP, you're old, get out. You know, we got to pay these young. As long as JP wants to produce parts, he's going to fucking let him produce parts. So my first thing is to all the team managers out there fucking with kids and thinking you could just wipe your butt with your team. If after you fucking put up some facade out that we're family, they're not fucking family. If they're family, act like it. If people are cutting fucking budgets, but the company's making more in sales every year, and they just want the gap between the marketing and the fucking the money they're making and the marketing money bigger and bigger, so that's the profit margin in the middle. And they want more and more, and they're fucking greedy. And it's fucked up that companies and teams can just do this to an individual, you know, and like. Yeah, well, so I know he was struggling for years, and it, so was I. And I, he was the only person I'd go to when I was so depressed. And then, yeah, I mean, fuck. I, I, I didn't get to see him the last time I was in Mammoth. I was on my way to see him one summer, and my dog died on the way, and that was, like, so fucked up. And then I couldn't even go see him anymore. 
So I didn't get to see him then. And then we went out to a 32 team meeting and he was in a real dark place. He was having girl troubles. Girl troubles sucks too. Like I fucking had, I was dating the worst fucking human being ever. And I just kept her around lying to myself because I wanted to make myself comfortable and feel like I felt love. But really I just had a hole to fill. Not her hole, but I had a hole in my heart to fucking fill. So I was just keeping her around dating, lying to myself. And I feel like he might have been doing the same thing at the end, too. And then, yeah, so we're in Mammoth, and he's, I need to meet up. I need to see you, need to see you, need to see you. But he, like, wouldn't cut, take any effort to drive up to us. I didn't have a car. We were staying at Mammoth Mountain Inn. And that was the worst fucking situation ever. And then a week later, like, three days before Christmas or whatever, he sent me some huge fucking text that was just like, dude, love you so much. You're always an inspiration. Video part of the year. Fuck everyone else. Like, you know, that was the best shit hands down. Rails and jumps. It was the absence video part I put out. And I kind of just knew. I was like, dude, this fucker's saying goodbye right now. And I didn't even, like, acknowledge those texts like thank you when i wrote back i was just like dude i fucking love you man come out to colorado because you know I, I wanted him to just fucking come out to colorado and leave mammoth and you know he didn't but we all have choices and he just battled for so long with just everything between i feel like being judged being people there was rumors going around town about him things maybe he couldn't say on social media because of other things and you know and yeah girls snowboarding all of it just amounts to so much pressure you some you can handle it and i think it is true like a lot of people when you're yeah when you've had such a fucking great life and there's so many fucking highs that even when you're at like a normal pace and people are like how are you unhappy right now they've never been that fucking high so to you you feel like you're deep down in a valley of depression but really you're Kind of at a normal baseline, but the normal is no longer good enough for you. No longer good. So I think it's just important to keep it together, stay humble, be there for your friends. Don't be there because somebody says they're sad. Be there because you want to be there or go fuck yourself. Fuck, that's powerful. That's powerful shit. And, you know, listen to you talk about, you know, Jaeger, rest in peace, fucking goat. Uh, you know, you think about the whole snowboard industry and basically the common, there's a common theme line here, right? Right. You have concussions, you have some substance abuse, you have some alcohol abuse, Yeah. you have some, uh, then, you know, you mix that in with this pressure of like, you know, the expiration date of a snowboard career. Then you mix that in with, the the fucking, you know, social media comparison game that we're all in. And then, you know, it's just, it, there's a lot of people that are going through a lot of stuff. And, you know, like Desiree said in her episode, the first sign is a, is a joke. You know, you hear somebody make a joke yeah. about it. That's don't, you know, you got to check in on that friend because we're, people are dying and it's important. And, and make, make sure you don't, you life know. Life after snowboarding, that's the scariest, mm-hmm. scary transition. First off, Jaeger Bailey, best snowboarder in the fucking world. I mean, if you want to argue it, there's been nobody since David Benedict who can ride transition, big powder jumps, park, and rails completely and do the most insane tricks. And I'd argue Jaeger's better because he also had the fucking circus factor and could do all those crazy fucking tricks and creativity. He literally, to me, was the best snowboarder on the fucking planet. 
Because, I mean, maybe he didn't get the opportunities to get there. But you think if fucking T-Rice took him in the backcountry, he wouldn't fucking hit that jump? He wouldn't double triple, cork? He would triple cork <laughs> that It's hog. not even a fucking question. You know it would. You know it would happen. And he was the best. Side note, you could literally just be like, yeah, you're, you're going double on this thing? And just for pure showmanship. Yeah. Pure showmanship. He like, would do it. He would do it for your entertainment. Oh, Always. Yeah. Whenever. And whatever. Him and I used to be so fucking confident. I've just felt so dogged down through fucking social media and shit. All these... Just bad friends fucking saying stupid shit all the time that I like lost my confidence. And I found that like a few months ago. I was like, dude, what happened to me? I'm such a fucking bitch these days. Like I'm the most confident because people would be like, you're a fucking narcissist. I ain't a fucking narcissist. In the words of the great kid rock, they say I'm cocky. And I say, what? It ain't cocky motherfucker if you back it up. (laughs) That's the first uh, kid rock reference on the show. First kid rock uh, quote thrown around on the show. One more. You never met a motherfucker quite like me. No! <laughs> Might have to uh, bump the audio levels down on that and blow a couple of eardrums. Yeah. All right, I'd like to do a little pivot. That's... Whoa, 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 whoa. Coffee oh. beer? Yeah, we're doing a little cold brew brought to you right from Vail called? Mountain Coffee and Tea, and we're going to mix it with some Modelo time, fool. It's time What's to get jacked called? up. Time to get jacked up. Hey, you guys want to know the Who's secret? Who's farting right now? I'm not farting. You guys want to hey, know? you? I no, I didn't fart. shit themselves. I didn't fart. Okay. It's probably just all the bullshit I'm spewing out of my mouth ha! right now. You guys want to know the Jaeger's secret, why he won so many contests? Why is that? Yo, this is a secret. You take a little tiger bomb. Bam, little bump. Boom. Throw that up under the nutsack. Fire you up. Get you jacked. Get you ready painful, to go. In a painful, painful way. Nice. It's kind of like when they take the horses and they tie the rope around their ball the sack bulls. for the races. Yeah, the or bulls. the bulls. That's what it yeah. is, the bulls. Yeah. So yeah. He, he really did this. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I do it with him. Yeah. He let me in on the secret. So if you want to win a contest, you take tiger, tiger Bomb and apply it to your ball sack. Little dip, bam. And that's the other thing. You know, fuck, you're cheating on your girlfriend all the time because you're not happy. And I was doing the same thing with my girlfriend, dude. I fucking dated some sh- shitty piece of shit, and I'm constantly fucking cheating on her because she didn't make me happy and then that makes the fucking hole in my heart way way fucking deeper because you feel bad about yourself you don't want to fucking cheat on somebody you don't want to break somebody's heart you're doing it to find some way to feel the reason you're doing it fill the void yeah and that void's never gonna fucking be filled you know like so yeah i did that i know he did that fucking sorry amber if you're listening because amber knows he did that and you just surround yourself with people that you don't really love and you're just fucking lying to yourself to try to make yourself feel better and you're not feeling good, so you're taking it to the next measure, cheating on people, and then you're getting far, far more depressed. You're feeling bad about yourself, about your own actions. And that's also where maybe a lot of my self-confidence went. you got to surround yourself with the right people. Yeah. It sounds like you're getting a handle on it, though, and you're learning and you're trying to do the right thing to get yourself to... I don't know, better yourself, surround yourself with better people, get your confidence back up. and Yeah, I don't want any of that shit. I don't want to do bad shit to people. I want to be good. I'm, I'm always like the extremes, you know, extremely giving and loving to everybody. <clears throat> I can be an extremely big asshole and an extremely big piece of shit and just fucking wallow in my own bullshit and fuck my life up. But <clears throat> I mean, dude, okay. you're extremely good to people. I mean... I mean, another topic we're going to breach into, right? 
What's that? How, how good he is to people working with. Oh yeah, kids. You want to tell us a little bit, little bit about that program? Yeah, I'd love to talk about that. Um, <clears throat> basically, when I started riding for Never Summer, I was like, you know, we get the contracts already and shit, and I was like, you know, that last thing, non-negotiable. A percentage of my proceeds of every board are going to this charity, and they were like. And I was like, you guys can write it off or whatever. And let me say, Never Summer is such good people. They're always doing shit for, like, uh, raising money for military or firefighters, teachers, all sorts of shit. They always do a special board. Fucking police dogs one year. That was fucking awesome. And uh, so they're like, we can't write off any money. We donate so much fucking money to charity. We're at a max. But we're still down. They were just, like, confused. Like, why do you want to do this? Why is this your passion? And then when I went to the... The charity too, uh, Infinity Foundation, or it's a nonprofit. They were confused as well, you know. In comes this shitbag who's like, "Yeah, I want to give you guys thousands of dollars every year," and they're like, "What? Like, what's what's your association with any of this?" And you know, it, it goes back a long way. Well, explain what the foundation is. So nonprofit Infinity Foundation. They work with special needs people, adults and children. And the children, they do a summer camp and. We do really, really fun things with the kids every day, you know, like movie theaters or we go to the water park, zoos, go play basketball, all sorts of fun shit. Um, the adults are there year round and it's just important to teach them like, okay, us, we could not tie our shoe for probably like five years and go back and tie our shoe. If they don't have repetition, they're going to fall off. Like same uh, concept as a dog, you know? No repetition. When I leave town and people aren't up on my dog's training, I come back and I notice she's a little worse. So it's all about the repetition. We They teach them how to cook. They do some art. They do just basic shit, cleaning, because some of these people who are capable to live on their own, if they don't do this, they'll come into their houses and there will be bed bugs the size of fucking cockroaches, and they have, like, wounds all over their body. So it's just, like, important to stimulate them daily. Yeah, we go to the park and play basketball with them and shit. And, you know, the fucked up thing is a lot of, a lot and a lot of people are always, like, asking me, like, oh, how cool is it to hang out with a pro snowboarder? Are you giving them money? I was like, they don't care. They don't, do not fucking care. The cool thing to them is that somebody is taking time out of their day to hang out with somebody. And I think that's something I kind of want to preach on the whole, like, charity level. I think every single person should fucking do some kind of charitable thing. And a lot of people say, I don't have time. I don't have money. But a lot of people spend their whole fucking weekends drinking at the bar. Okay, you had time all weekend and you spent a hell of a lot of money on booze and drugs, you know. You have time. You have money. Everyone has something they can do. And I think a lot of the times, you know, people are donating to like huge, huge corporate charities the money's getting lost, and people are taking the money. Those CEOs are pulling in. And the, the people who run this foundation, I became very close friends with Derek and Katie Burpo. They're fucking amazing people. And they have two kids. One of their kids is Spectrum. So he goes to the – both, both the kids go to the camp and hang out with all the kids. I have so much fucking fun with the kids. It's insane. Shout out to John. He's my, he's my fucking man. But – uh. Yeah, I, I think it's important to fucking get out there and do something rather than just, like, sit around and talk about it or wait for someone else or the fucking government to do anything. The government can't do fucking anything right. Why are you waiting for them to reshape our society? Like, Well, I, I want to back up real quick on a different note before we move along into that. 
is that so we'll put this in the show notes called Infinity yeah. Infinity Foundation. Please. So yeah, that's incredible. And I think that to connect the dots between what we've been talking about, a lot of times when people are depressed, they are thinking about themselves, right? You're like uh, like how life is affecting them. But one of the quickest way, you know, and what I've learned over the years, one of the quickest way to come out of a depression is simply service, help somebody else. When you're helping somebody else, you're not thinking about yourself. You're not thinking about your problems. You're helping somebody. So you're actually, it's, it's the weirdest kind of backwards form of mental health is like something like that. If somebody's feeling really bad and they're to go to the infinity foundation and help out, the effects are, you know, selfishly very good as well. Yeah. And if anyone's like looking to work with a charity or donate money, that's clearly my favorite one. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I I think it's important. I think everyone should try to do as much charitable work as they possibly can. And I do think, like, the hands-on work is more crucial than the money part. Mm-hmm. We'll be like, oh, I donate so much money. It's, it's for like, their yeah, conscience, kind of. You're still writing it off on your taxes. So. What yeah. made you start doing this? Um. Yeah, so let's get into that, too. So uh, my mom had three miscarriages before she had me, I believe. And all of them were Down syndrome babies. They didn't make it miscarriages, but they could tell they were Down syndrome. Yeah. And so she adopted my brother. From birth, she was there the day he was born. I was born nine months later, like, to the day. So I think what happened is she conceived me. She no longer had stress because she had one baby. Because, uh, you know, the more miscarriages you have, the more you're going to stress. And that you're happened so to scared. my brother. Yeah, so she was able to carry through with me. And then so my whole life, I mean, so my dad wasn't around from, you know, when I was, like, 12. And uh, my mom had to work three fucking jobs. And one of her jobs was she worked as a special ed teacher. And uh, so she was, she would teach the whole class. She had to be there for one-on-one needs kids who were so severe, they needed their own aid. And so, but my mom would take us out of school all the time with her kids because she could. And uh, we'd like go do fun stuff, go to the movie theaters or go do whatever with these needs kids. And so we're always around needs kids our whole lives and that's why it was an important thing to me and you know when I was examining my career and my life and shit and I was so down on like being a pro snowboarder and everyone's like you should be so happy you're a pro snowboarder I was like it's a fucking joke it's I was like I do nothing for society I literally actually demean society I I make a bunch of money to fucking drive around and pollute the environment looking for spots and then bust up people's property all day by sliding down it. I, what I do is a joke. It does nothing was the mindset at the time. But I mean, I get it. Like I'm a role model to some people and like a superhero showing people the abilities that you could have on a snowboard or otherwise, which is fucking awesome. But I was kind of like my job does nothing for the community. I've been there before and I want to do something for the fucking community and I had that opportunity with Never Summer. They fucking helped with the opportunity. And here we are. I'm, I'm, I've been so happy. This is the first year I haven't gotten to see the kids in three years because COVID. And all the kids have to have one-on-one uh, counselors go to their house. They're not even, like, allowed to go to parks and shit. Oh, it's Jesus. so fucked up. Crazy. So, And I can't imagine how those kids so are feeling. So they're just sitting there doing nothing. Sitting there in their fucking no house attention. all day. Yeah, what? God, Watching Blue, like, playing with a fucking bouncy ball? Like, think sad. about that. And these kids usually, you got to think, Monday through Thursday, they're doing the funnest shit every day. And we're just laughing, having fun, going to parks, yeah, doing cool shit. And now this summer, they're just locked up. And a lot of them might not even have 
like understand why. Yeah, you know? true. They're not making a connection. They're just like my life sucks up. all of a sudden. Yeah. yeah. So we uh, we're cruising right along. We're pretty well into this, and I want to keep things moving at a good pace. So I'd like to pivot into another subject, and basically, you know, thinking about snowboarding and inclusivity, right? That's that's what we want to push on this podcast. Mm-hmm. And if you look at, uh, you know, whether it's racial, uh, gender, whatever, uh, you know, that even falls into political beliefs, right? So I would say that, like, I I find that my friend group tends to be mainly left wing. I'm I'm surrounded by that, and. Um, you know, you are kind of an, a known uh, spoken Republican, and it's just a good place to have a nice balanced conversation yeah. from somebody with a different set of political views. And I think that, you know, let's let's get into your beliefs in, in that regard. I mean, first off, I do want to say fuck you to everyone who's just like, you jump sporty, you're a racist. Do I sound like a fucking racist after you've been sitting here listen, listening to the things I do like last two hours? Maybe I said some womanizing accounts. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's why he likes Trump. Grab her by the pussy. Like, just fuck off. Like, people need to stop lying about, like, what's going on in the news. I honestly feel that. And I feel people... Main One of the main reasons why I'm a Republican is because they're all about small government. Democrats want more government. They want to control the school system. They want to control the health care system. I don't like the government. I don't like fucking getting in trouble. I don't like... Nobody likes going to the DMV. Nobody... Nothing they do, are they're going to do better. So I don't understand why we want to give them more control. Most people don't trust the government. Do you guys trust the government? Are public schools, you know, in, in high school, public schools better than private schools? No, they're not. So if we make, give the government control of all the private colleges, yeah, you get to go for free. You think they're going to run it as well? I guarantee you they're not. I've been to the fucking hospital in Sweden, and I did not have a fucking good time. And, you know, one of one of the big, big scary things to me is they put aside a certain money for the budget. Um, you know, they'll be like, okay, $7 trillion goes to health care, right? But so what happens when you guys get sick? You guys got health care? Yep. If you get sick, common cold or whatever, are you going to go to the hospital? Nope. No. I don't go, yeah. yeah I, just, I, never I try go to, to go unless Probably. I have to. I have a yeah, fat deductible. You, you got a big deductible and you don't want to pay the copay. So what happens is you, you yeah, set the seven billion dollars aside, but when it's free and you're not paying a copay, more people are going to the hospital for little shit. So they underestimated the cost, and this has happened in other countries that have gone private. And so you think about something like if someone got in a severe car crash and they might have a chance of coming back or something, but the government's like, "Fuck, we only got a couple million left on the budget for the quarter." Let's tell him she didn't make it and pull the plug. I could fully see that. And it happened with fucking Alfie Evans in the UK. This little girl who had a fucking degenerative brain disease and they wouldn't let the parents take her out of the country. And I guarantee you that would have been because she would have got out of the country. Another doctor's opinion would have been like, yeah, we could fully save this girl. And then everyone would know the UK is fucking lying and just fucking murdering people. And that's what's scary to me. I don't not trust the government with that. I don't trust them to fix me. And I know like... The, the all the good doctors come over here because they're fucking getting paid more, and obviously money is a huge motivator for everybody's life. Mm-hmm. So I I do not want government to have control of, yeah, schooling, healthcare mainly. They take our fucking guns literally. No, I mean, 
Venezuela took all the guns in 2012. Look what's happening. You got a fucking... What is happening? Yeah, what's happening? I have no idea. Uh, it's full socialist con- economy. You know, they're hoarding water. They're hoarding food. They're hoarding gas. My friend, uh, actually, if anybody wants to... Uh, Don Luis, he owns a house down there. He's from there. He'll pay for you to go full trip to Venezuela if you want. His daughter has to stay at the house. She can't leave because if she leaves, the government will take the property. And uh, she wakes up at about 5 in the morning, walks a few miles into town, waits till noon, gets like a half a gallon of gas for the generator, has to decide when she wants to use that gas to run the lights and the power. Uh, After Venezuela took all the guns, the murder rate rose to the third biggest murder rate in the fucking world. So that kind of doesn't correlate to me. You want to uh, also right. talk about apartheid in fucking South Africa. They took all the guns, then they fucking took all the all black right. people's land. So we're talking about one of the amendments here. Like, that that's a, you know, guns, whatever. But as far as the guy running our country right now, uh, how much of an alignment are you with Trump and all the things he's saying as far as climate and so many different things along that line? Okay, I do believe there's climate change. Yep. I do believe that. Um, it sucks that he's like, whatever, but also people need to remember the facts as well on efficiency of energy sources. And when it comes to efficiency, it comes down to availability, cost, and, um, how much power you're producing for what you're getting. Right. So first off, everyone needs to remember there's crude oil in every fucking thing. Crude oil, 76% of it doesn't even go to fuel. It goes to plastics. There's crude oil in the fucking fiberglass that builds the fucking wind rigs, the windmills. There's fucking oil in that. There's oil in everything. Our snowboards, bikes, I'm looking around here, your motorcycle, paint can, oil, 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 oil. So, no, there is logically, like, yeah, we have a huge problem and we need to fix it, but also it's the energy problem. There's... So much energy used in America right now that we couldn't build enough. Like, first off, the con- the consumption needs to come down. And, yeah, we can tax that fucking, the oil use and stuff, but is it going to work? Look at California. $5 a gallon. People still drive more than anywhere, and they fucking drive alone. And there's more pollution there than anywhere. So, clearly, that... I've had people who move to California and they're like, oh, I'm making twice as much money, but I've never been poor in my life. So I don't think it's going to honestly affect travel. I think it's just going to make people poor. And what honestly, and and also California, when they're in the drought and they're like, okay, after this month, we're going to go off what you had for water and we're going to cut in a third. So people were going to work and leaving their water on all day because they're disgusting, vain, fucking gross people who have been pushed this fucking life of, like, Hollywood star and, like, all that so that they could use the thir- the regular water they're using rather than be like, okay, yeah, we all do need to cut down on this water consumption. So I, I honestly don't think that, like, a huge tax on that would help. I think it comes down to everybody. And, I mean, Trump didn't sign the fucking um, Paris Agreement, and we still led in world in reducing carbon emissions. So it comes down to the people. It comes down to the companies. I, I also read a fact, and, you know, I don't want to get too, too deep into politics because this isn't the show about politics, but I think that uh, I, I read a, a fact that maybe could be fact-checked, but 71% of the world's emissions are made from 100 corporations. Now, if 100 corporations are equating for 71% of the emissions in the world, why the fuck, and somebody like Trump's in office, he's not the type of person that's going to say, 
he's he's shaking hands with the people that own those corporations, and so that th- that those emissions aren't going to come down that way. You don't think the Democrats are shaking hands either? I don't know. I I you know I, I'll tell you where I land and why I'm having this conversation with you is that I know I don't know everything. Yeah, I'm here to learn, my, and so I don't know. My thing is I like to discover both sides of every story. Yeah, it's good to like get down to it, and like a lot of things. They'll post stories on Trump, and then it's, like, not true, and then they'll just change it two days later, but the story doesn't, like, reappear on the top, you know? It's just gone. So people are like, oh, this, this, and this happened, and it's, like, usually not true, or there's something else. But, yeah, I mean, the climate change fucking sucks, and what needs to happen, we need to find a more efficient source. We need fucking better scientists. We need better engineers coming up with a way we can fucking make this happen. And we need people to just cut down on their fucking energy use and their consumption of everything, everything that has plastics and oils in it. So that was a great, that was a much better concise way of explaining that. That was perfect. I like that. Yeah. It's, it could come down and and it's like the major corporations. Find out what those hundred corporations are. Do not buy shit from them. Like it has so much to do. And I was uh, like how those companies number could be right though. Is there's a, Big conglomerate that owns so many companies. Yeah, they uh, it, it comes like down to thousands. Corporations is own more, so many other businesses. It's more like thousands, hundreds yeah. of thousands. Yeah. True, that's good. Yeah, and that's, that's probably well why and that number I, works. Like I see that. fucking gross people out there who are fucking my heavily liberal friends who like don't like doing dishes, so they buy plastic and paper and shit and just throw it away. Or people who are like well, constantly. I I want to hammer on something more from a humanitarian standpoint because to me the problem I see. Is not that somebody has di- different political beliefs than me. It's the way that people act towards those other people with political beliefs. Like, to me, a lot of this boils down to an ego problem, right? Like, let's just take somebody from the left, right? Well, uh, you know, I'm a Democrat. That is part of my identity. That is part of my idealisms. When, when I speak and I'm talking and somebody says something that doesn't align with my beliefs, they're threatening my ideals, a.k.a. my ego. So it's like when people are threatening their egos, that's when you hear somebody say, oh, that person's a Trump supporter. I I will never talk to them again. Well, why? Because they have different beliefs. In, that's the same as, that's almost in some ways saying like, you know, oh, I'm Catholic and this person's Jewish. I'm never going to talk to that Jewish person. Or if you're a Trump supporter, you know, the same thing, this left, left-wing, left you know, extremists. I, I can't, they're disgusting. And as humans, we need to let the egos come down and listen to what people from the other side have to say and actually make a little bit of fucking progress. That's my position. That's mine too. And I have friends who are always trolling my left friends. My left friends are trolling the right. People are fucking calling everyone racist or stupid liberals and shit. Just let people believe what they believe. And if you want to have a genuine conversation, don't argue your points right. Just argue the truth and the facts. And it's fine. Like, stop trolling people. And honestly, one of my friends who's the... Furthest fucking socialist, like, ever. She's so far left. It, it's She's literally has the most genuine conversations and never judges me. It's, like, usually the friends who are, like, I don't know. Like, some people just judge you so hard. I've had people who were, like, fuck you. I'm never talking to you again. Blah, blah, blah. All this shit. And it's, like, wow, that's really, really mature, guys. Yeah, it's, like, yeah. You hear it. I hear it all the time. And I'm, I'm over it. I'm fucking done. I don't want... To people to think like, oh, you're a bad person just because you're a Republican, or oh, you're a fucking numbskull just because you're fucking liberal. Yeah, that don't listen. And that's a, another big thing is why not only did I get off social media, I was not looking at like news and a bunch of shit. Um, 
listening to certain podcasts and groups like that, it's all negative. If you notice, a lot of people aren't saying what their party's doing. They're saying what the other isn't doing. So they're saying, you don't want to vote for Trump because he's a fucking racist and he doesn't believe in climate change and now all the fucking world's getting burnt down. They're, that's what they're saying. They're not saying this is what Biden's going to do, you know? And same with fucking Trump. He's just like dogging on the fucking IQ of Biden right now and his mental deterioration. like, And kind of belittling the civil rights movement happening as well in some ways. But, you know, we don't need to get into the. I don't personally want to get into all the intricacies of, poli- no. of politics, and I don't think our listeners do. Oh, no. But I think it's good from, from a human standpoint to talk about that type of stuff and I, um, I do want to say I don't agree with people burning down cities because we got to go back into nature. You burnt down an environment. We got to go back into nature, remine all that shit, cut down more trees. Like, literally, you're just ruining the fucking planet. We're even though it's burning down the forest now. And, yeah, now we, and now the forest burnt down. We ain't even got anywhere like to get the wood. All the people burning Everything's the fucking burning. There's a fire under my ass, I'll tell you what. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that was a brief little stint in uh, politics. I think it was good to touch on, and yeah. I don't. I don't want to soak in it, but let's. You know, no, we're we're in Utah. If we're gonna do some soaking. <laughs> you want to explain what soaking is for the layman? Oh uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> so that's like a Mormon tradition. I thought everyone knew about it, but people still don't. Yeah, a, lot, a lot of people back east yeah, aren't familiar with soaking. Know. Yeah. So you know what you do? You, you got to marinate that meat, baby. Um. So would. They think sex is like the act of pumping. You got to hump them and dump them. Um, you want to say so they, they you're talking about the Mormon the, religion. The Mormon religion. Yeah, and you're not allowed to have sex before marriage, to preface this. Yes. So they slide in. They hold tight. Don't make sure you don't move. Don't you fucking move. You hold tight and just maybe give a kissy, kissy, smoochy, smoochy. And then it's getting a little creepy, yeah. And then I don't know. I mean, what do you come? You can't no, come. You, can't you come. definitely no, you can't hold. come. You just hold. You just put it yeah. in there, and you just don't let him. Move. But you know what? Like a virgin, like I guarantee your boy's jizzing. You know, like I've I, got a hack for it too, dude. You've got a uh, a soaking hack. Soaking hack. Oh, yeah, here. what's that? Bring him to one of those spots with the uh, vibrating beds. Start the soaking process, yeah. slip in some quarters, boom, yeah. it's on. Oh, it. That's what a pro tip. The bed. Pro tip. Pro tip. Okay, you know and, then, and then they're still a virgin, and they can still, yeah, that's yeah. a soak session. But, I mean, dude, do, uh, do you know what the not, hot dogging is? No. Or the Mormon knee job? No. Having sex with the, the dude has sex with the back of the knee. Oh, is that real? Yeah, it's a real thing. It's, it, like, in the realm of soaking. I've seen the, I've, the uh, foot job where you throw the heels, the... Arches yeah. together? I have never if seen this. Hold, I'm familiar. You, know, you pull your knee back, it forms a So little... you fuck like where you do like your knee pit farts, yeah, like when you're a yeah. kid. They lube it up a little. Really? Yeah. They've got like, all kinds like of hacks. Like a hot dog all kinds of, all kinds a Mormon of knee hacks. job. Right. Wow, the Mormon knee job. You might have to put that in the show notes if there's any descriptions <laughs> yeah. of how to do it. <laughs> these, are, these might be big state we, secrets that aren't we, on the web, you know. But we we'll... got what you need. All right. So I got another uh, Patreon question for you from Sean Colucci. He's a... Uh, he actually sends in a lot of questions. This guy's got good questions. Nice. He wants to hear about some of your wild-ass party stories. Wild party stories. Yeah, because you're kind of known for him, I guess. Yeah, I got some good ones. I got some good ones. Which is exactly why, if I ever do get this book published, you're going to want to pick up a copy of that sucker. So if there's anybody who knows any contacts in the literary world... Get at your boy. Publishing. Publishing. Publishing is the word we're looking for. Literary here. agents, publishers, editors yep. 
other authors get at me. Um, all right, here we go. So I'm going to fucking tell a Yegi baby story. How about that? Yegi baby? Yeah. Yegi baby? Yegi baby. Okay, let's Yegi go. Yegi Bailey. All right, so, you know, a few years back, I, my one golden goose for snowboard contest was always hot dogs and handrails. I'd always get fucking smoked there. I got arrested there one year. Um, <laughs> I It was the one contest I could never, ever, ever fucking place in. And so, and Jaeger always got second. He'd never won. So I call him one year. I'm like, yo, you got, and it was after, you know, he was done snowboarding and shit. He wanted nothing to do with it. And I was like, yo, you got to fucking do hot dogs. And he's like, no, not doing it. And I was like, well, here's the thing. I got to win, but it doesn't count if you're not there. If I don't beat the best, it was kind of like a Ricky Bobby situation, you know? Like, if you're not there and I don't beat the best, it doesn't fucking count. So you're coming. Can we get the Ricky Bobby pronunciation? Yeah, good, dude. Ricky Bobby. <laughs> And Bubby Blumpkin. Okay, continue. Continue. Um, yeah, so I was like, all right. And it's always my birthday right before fucking hot dogs, which was awesome. So I'm like, listen. He's like, okay, I'll do fucking hot dogs. If you come meet me in SoCal, we're going to go down to Tijuana and fucking get it. So I was like, okay, deal. I meet him in SoCal, Huntington Beach. We stay up all night. Partying. I fucking kick him in the morning. He's being a bitch. He's always a bitch. Um, I don't want to go. I was like, just get in the car. I'm driving down to San Diego. So we're partying all night, <laughs> whatever time. Slept a few hours. Bam. Hustle down to uh, down to San Diego to walk across the border to go to Tijuana. We decided it was a great idea. We should eat a bunch of mushrooms. The big bag, whole bag. We should eat these mushrooms and walk across. So we should go to this bar. It's ten in the morning. They just start serving. Yeah, we eat them before we go through. And we're like, and he's like, yo, this is a lot of mushrooms. We should bury half of them. And I'm like, fuck no, we're not. Let's eat. So we bold strategy. Dude, I would have a panic attack. Yeah. Oh, so we get in there and fucking think we're hilarious, filling out the forms to the Mexicans. You know, they're fucking They're like, it says country you're from is Trump territory. I'm like, yeah. (laughs) It's just like starting to fry so high. Bam. They just like let us in in Mexico. They're like, whatever. They don't care. We get across and bam, right when you get on the other side of uh, the wall, there is just, you know, there's a couple marts there. There's fucking cops with just these. Big ass fucking guns, and you're starting a trip, and they're looking at you because you're a white boy. Like, how can I fuck with this guy? Run his pockets. <sighs> Mushrooms. That was the wrong drug. I'm like, go to get a six pack, you know? We hail a cab. I'm like, looking for so long. This cop's just staring at me. I'm like, I don't even know if I could cross the street here. So we start fucking driving, seeing people just stealing cars in broad daylight, little shanties, you know, fucking falling over. I'm like, dude, this was absolutely the wrong move. 100%. So we go down to the water park down there, and I don't know if you've heard about this, but they have this fucking ski jump that puts you 30 I've seen hail post. T-Bird has told me all about and this place. I don't place. know. Hale, what an amazing athlete. He was fucking nailing shit, and I don't know. You could call it the drugs or just well, what. he was with you. No, I, I saw on Hale's fucking Instagram. He's oh. nailing double backies and shit. Yeah. And, you know, I'd, I'd maybe even say I'm a better flipper than Hale, you know? And I'm with the best flipper in the world, best in the biz, Yagi Baby. <laughs> and so we're doing like, oh, let's go for a single. Bam, one and a half. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> blow out your stomach. Fucking let's do double. Bam, go triple. Let's do a triple. Bam, go double. Like just fucking smacking 
<laughs> belly flopping all day. You're like high on mushrooms, tripping so hard. Like, oh, I'm going to die. I'm drowning. I'm drowning. <laughs> and the fucking lifeguards are just laughing at you. <laughs> yeah. Gringo. You're like, no, I'm literally drowning. They are not certified. And we thought it was so funny. They just sell you beer and you can run around all day with the beer in your hand and like hand it to the lifeguards. Be like, yo, hold this. I'll be right back. And like hitting the slides. We're the only people in there. There's like one other family, big Mexican family. We're dancing with them, dancing with the old ladies. Um, we're running around just peeing everywhere. And so it'd be so funny. The floor would just be dry and we'd just like stand and start peeing. And then there'd be like wet footsteps to the next ride. And all the other lifeguards are just like looking at us like fucking gringos. Like what the fuck? So just being assholes. At being assholes. High on drugs. Jaeger thinks it's Mexico. We can do whatever we want. So we go to check into uh, Hong Kong's. You, if you know, you know. <laughs> he goes out to fucking take a piss in the alley. Comes back crying. Ten minutes later, crying his eyes out. He's like, dude, the fucking Federales put me in the back of the van. They patted me down. Like, I didn't have anything. Like, you had my wallet, my phone, my money, my passport, everything. Oh. So I started crying, and they let me go. He's like, what would you have done? And I was like, well, first off, I'm not fucking Liam Neeson. I am a badass, but I am not Liam Neeson. I would, what do you think? I'm just going to go tear up the fucking ghetto? And like, where's my friend? <laughs> you're about to be taken is that a taken reference? well yeah I was, I, was, I was like okay well if, if you didn't come back i don't know if you got arrested or if you got okay. fucking taken i would know? actually like yeah. to see either that. or it could go down Mavioso, yeah so i'm yeah. like well first what i'd do is i'd wait for the drugs to wear off i'd go to the fucking police station if you weren't there pff, you call got, liam neeson you got taken yeah call liam it's <laughs> probably somewhere up in hollywood um we had a hell of a night up there in Hong Kong, you know, we got I like a bathtub. That crying to the police worked. Yeah, to get away. That's, well, you should try that. Yeah, that's the next I'll, move. I might try if works I could do some alligator the tears. <laughs> yeah, I keep going, keep going. We're right. filling our bathtub up. We're still doing peeing things. He's sitting in the bathtub. I'm peeing on him. He's peeing on me. They're We're peeing on each other. Kind of weird. Yeah. All right. We're going to the strip club, and we're gonna trip, have to trip, redact trip. the next twelve hours. Honestly, I was so drunk, I don't even remember it. So it never really happened. Um, come back across the border. It's, uh, there's, it's a, it's my actual birthday now. It's a premiere night in fucking Costa Mesa. Volcom's having the premiere of, uh, the kid movie, whatever. The everybody, everybody? The one before that. No, yeah. Oh, the first one? Yeah. Uh, forward. No, not he forward. Was, I was he in was forward. A forward. Yeah. yeah you Fun fact, we, we won video of the year that year, and Pat Bridges never published it because he thought it was lame to give Snowboarders movie. They gave it to somebody else, right? Yeah, but we won that, even though we were, like, the rookies that year. That was fucking sick. That was an awesome movie. Um, Whatever, but so Volcom's like, since it's your birthday, too, we're going to premiere your little three-minute video that's going up on our site tomorrow before we play the kids' movies. And that was the one with the infamous horse mask that I brought at the beginning of the show where I'm carroting the girls. By the way, that was a girl's idea to do that, my best friend's idea. So I, sorry to all the feminists who think that was, like, the most offensive video of all time. Uh, but a girl came up with that. Um, so you got to see. We're, we've been on a three-day party bender at this point. We go up to... Bear, and we always hit this nasty, dirty, filthy strip club in Riverside on our way up. It's our tradition before hot dogs and handrails, so we party a little more. Next day, we get a big house, and there's like 20 of us staying in there, and so we party that night as well. The Favas are there, their whole family, their dad, their sister, their uncles, drunkle Nick, you know, fuck. Just huge party house. I'm like, okay, so 
Jaeger and I have been partying for four days. You know, everyone else is hungover. What happens the next day? Oh, and okay, let me preface this. Jaeger and I, I was so adamant that I was beating him. I was like, loser between you and I has to fucking butt chug a beer. Right? Oh, there's, a, there's a pretty big wager on that. Okay. Big wager. And it, so the night before Hot Dogs, there's like always premieres. Like they had premiered like Smalls movie and shit. Word got around because word always gets around at snowboard events and in small towns. So everyone knows what's riding on the line. True. Wrecked him. Damn near killed him. Yeah. So uh, ne- next day, what happens? You know, we're hungover. We've been partying for four days. And after Tijuana and the Vulcan premiere, Jaeger was crying. I don't want to go anymore. He's like, just take me to my car. Like, I don't want to go. I don't want to go up there. I'm like, dude, you're going up there. And I'm going to fucking kick your ass. Let's go. You're taking <laughs> a bong up the butt. Let's go. And uh, so, yeah, what happens? Pat Fava and I, Pat Fava gets third. I get second, and I'm just like, boom! I get up on oh, fuck you, Jaeger. As I get up on stage, bring my dog me up there with me. So happy, like yeah, I don't know who won, but I, uh, 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 uh. but I beat him. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's what I'm thinking. I get up and I give this girl who works for the mountain a hug, and she just whispers in my ear, "You're gonna be so pumped." <laughs> Basically, what she said to you was, "You're gonna get ready to spread your cheeks." Yeah, and I like pull back, and I was like, "No, no." And then he, first place, Jaeger Bailey, and I was like, "No!" The one time I have not been proud of my homie. <laughs> so let's talk about cheddar biscuits. What are we talking for? Uh, ten racks for first. Ten racks for first. Maybe even seven, seven five. They kind of they, they yeah they kept. Dumbing it down, like the biscuits are evaporating. I was there for that. The biscuits got stale. So what are we talking for second? Three grand. Okay, I was just so proud to eat. Yeah, and I was so proud to just even have finally placed. We go back to our house, like yeah, partying. So for the layman's, I just want to let people know: hot dogs and handrails is an event that is like preseason man-made snow at Bear Mountain. Mm -hmm. That is like you're on basically strips of ice snow. Yeah, it's not like a real event. A a lot of people like me haven't ridden in months. Yeah, all the kids who have been at Hood are usually killing it, Mm -hmm. and that's why it's my one. I've never done well there. Never ever. So so So, let's continue the story. So we get back to the house, and somehow I don't know. Three guys who were staying at the house win. The bot, babes just flock. I don't know how they got there, who they knew, whatever. There's 10 beautiful women out there. So we're starting to drink and shit, and everyone's like, you got a butt chug, you got a butt chug. And I'm like, like trying to play it cool in front of all these girls. Like, but butt chug, I don't know what they're talking about. Like, yeah, you're about to butt chug. So we go upstairs, get me in the bathtub. I believe, well, we have a guest question that ties into what we're talking about here. Uh, guest question presented by Solomon Snowboards, and this is from our good friend, Solomon Rider, 32 Rider, Pat Fava. What's up, guys? Pat Fava here. Dylan, I got a question for you. What household item was it that you used to butt chug after hot dogs and handrails? Dylan, yeah. Dylan, Yeah, we're Dylan. wondering what the uh, so, contraption was. Yeah, we didn't have a beer bong. I'm trying every excuse in the book. Like, we got to do it tomorrow. We got to do it later. Like, you know, blah, blah, blah. And they're like, no, you're doing it right now, bud. Right fucking now. So we get in the bathtub. Some of the hot girls come up. I'm like, really? You guys really don't want to see this? You don't want none of this? So come on, so, Some of them leave. Some are there. There's like eight people crammed in this small bathroom. I fucking get on my back, toss the legs up. But so Jaeger had found in the kitchen, it was like, 
this little plastic. I don't even know what it was. Like I wanted to use a turkey baser or something, but it was like plastic butthole base cylinder. Yeah. It was the the b- butt baby baster, and it had a, a just the sharpest point out of the end of it. Like something that you'd put on a nozzle to get it a uh, fucking power spray, power wash, you know? Okay. Was it like a whipped cream squeezer, maybe? Uh, kind of, but it was so sharp, and I was like, I'm not, sta- I'm not fucking, I'm fucking literally cut my rectum. Like, how are we going to do that? And I'm like, someone grabs the hand lotion off the thing, and I'm like. They lubed you up. Fuck it, yeah. So I fucking throw the hands back, hit the regular old OG Jergens, you know, bam. Slide that in the pooper. and then raped. I'm. Yeah, I'm just like yags put pour it, you know, and we so we get a little bit down and it is really really hard to butt chug. Like you have to have butt talent. Just, I don't understand when you butt chug, you can actually you can pull it in but you it ingest. I used to have you friends it fucks people up like yeah. yeah. Well, I've heard of like the butt you dip a tampon in yeah. vodka and they do that and it gets you really fucked up. But where's all the beer go? Doesn't, it, your come, asshole. doesn't it come right back out? Well, yeah, well, that's what I'm wondering. There. Okay, okay, well, okay. Wondering. We got a couple do more fan questions. Okay. Do you ingest it or does it come out? You yeah, hold it in it. as long as you can to let, because uh, the, the tissue is softer in your sphincter or Science, in your baby. rectum, yeah, and so it uh, um, <laughs> absorbs it faster and harder. It hits you harder. So I can only get like a quarter of the beer down. Everyone's proud of me. They're like, "Yeah, that's good enough," you know. And I was like, "Okay, get out. I'm gonna fucking." Take a shower, pull this thing out of my asshole, stand up, go for a fart, and it just fucking sprays. <laughs> oh, projectile. Yeah. I mean, oh, it was it was Modelo time fool in there, too. Yeah. So it projectiles like two feet back all Brown over the Brown spackle, wall. or was it clear? We no, about- it was still clear. Okay. The, yeah, it didn't... I didn't get a good enema out of it. Didn't bring Straight any. up enema. Public enema number one Yeah, here. it didn't bring any debris with it. No debris? No debris. <laughs> no. Debris. No debris. <laughs> So, uh, wow, yeah, so right in front of the Fava's whole family, whole family, all these girls, all our friends. What Papa Fava say, Vinny? Dude, he, he's he down, doesn't, yeah, he's, he's down, cool. he's, he's cool. so down. Yeah. yeah, I iced him last time I showed up at his house. I iced him and Joey, and Joey just drank it like such a bitch. And Vinny's just like, <laughs> he's like, thanks, yeah, you know? just down. Pops is the fucking man, wow, dude. Okay, but so we just had chug. a how to tutorial. How to butt chug. I hope we don't lose our sponsors after that story. Um, I don't know if it's, I mean, it's something that happens, I guess. Yeah. I mean, everyone I, has a butthole. It's kind of thinking <laughs> That's about. That's true, but you know It's very I mean? true. It's kind of thinking about the possibility of losing sponsors even coming on the show. Hey, but, I got you know? one more Patreon <laughs> question. Let's keep it short. But I'm yep. just kind of intrigued by it. Hey, it's from Brian Mills. Hey, Bombhole, who is his favorite East Coast photographer, and why is it Spitzer Photo? He already answered the question. So, what's up? That's like, a fuck. I think I met that guy and I wasn't even snowboarding. I was uh, hurt this year. Oh. You guys just so drove is, down So, or is something? he or is he not your favorite? <laughs> I think my favorite would be T-Bird. Okay. If we're talking <laughs> East Coast. It's <laughs> an air horn. Let's give him a gunshot. Yeah. All right, we got to keep things moving here. Um, this is a fun new section here. A um, couple guys, I'm in what you call a uh, conspiracy well, before- theory. Before Sandwich. we even started, there's, I mean, the reason we put them on is because we're going to talk about some shit that we don't want certain people to hear. You oh, know what I mean? okay. That's is that- what they're for is people can tap in. Yeah. Because he has an experience that I've looked into, been very interested in. This guy actually met, or didn't meet, he well, saw. Hey, let's. He saw. Oh, let's, we before even, we get into right, it. All okay. Right. All right. I don't know what we're, we're getting there. This is what we call the, uh. 
It's protection. The tinfoil hat section of yeah. the show. You put your tinfoil hat on. You gotta have protection over your hat. Basically, with the little for, for, the, for the listeners, the <laughs> we're all wearing tinfoil hats. The yeah. aliens cannot read our minds. And not only the aliens, <laughs> no. but the government. And, and the government. More important. Well, the aliens gave that technology to the government. Yes. And some people think the men in black are an alien agency. Well, Dylan apparently has seen... I have the had Men a, in Black. How to run in with the Men in Black. You've heard of the movie with Will Smith. That's actually based on a real story. This is a real thing. Yeah, I didn't see Big <laughs> Willie. I didn't see Big <laughs> Willie style. I can't even look at Buds. Buds looks so dope. <laughs> Dude, Buds was meant for this life. Well, let's hear this story let's hear, about let's the hear Men this in Black. Shit. Yeah. Right. Hopefully our YouTube doesn't get taken down now. Uh, well, we'll find out. Then well, we'll know the there's shit. Yeah, they, I heard they take conspiracy shit down. I listen to it all That's day, man. I think it just gets people no, love it. The shadow government's going to remember this. They're going to know what's a real story, and they're fucking coming for us. Oh, you're talking like military crazy agenda stuff. I don't know. Let, let's they just hear the story. Let, let, we're down. getting long. Let's keep right, this let's thing go. fucking on target. Here. Right. Keep Cliff notes. Stay keep it on, on target. On, 19, I'm seeing this girl in Georgetown, Colorado. Now, there's Guanella Pass that goes over the mountain from Georgetown back over to 285. At the time, this pass is not paved. It's paved now because of the <laughs> influx of idiots who moved to Colorado, and they need people to hike Mount Bernstein, even though it's the hey, easiest. Hey, stay on target. Know. All right, <laughs> on target. So there's nothing I can do with this girl. I'm with Ashley uh, because we're 19. We can't go to bars. So we Drive up Gunella Pass, and we'd sit on this one makeout point, and we'd hook up. <laughs> so, we are sitting there, see this green light, and it swirled. And you know when something's moving this way, the tail should be at the end it came from? So, it went this way, but the tail went the other way, and it swirled, and it looked like it went into another dimension. It was a green light. Obviously like, a UFO. I'm like, yeah, did you see that? She's like, yeah, I saw that. I was like, could it have been a flare? She's like, no, it came out of nowhere, and it fucking disappeared. And I'm like, yeah, it was right there, whatever, blah, blah, blah. So, anyways, we get off the topic, start hooking up. She starts blowing me. So, this car, all black Lincoln Town car, pulls up on a drive. fucking dirt road, pulls up neck to neck with me, you know? Bam, stops. Reverses, gets behind me, and I'm just fucking tap on her head, you know. Boom, boom, boom. Um, oh, she's down in position. Yeah, she's fucking with my Big Willie style. Yeah. Um, so I fucking. <laughs> so Big Willie style. Yeah. Big I, Will was in this I, story. I, I'm like, yo, does JR, JR's her dad. I'm like, yo, does JR drive a black Lincoln town car? And you could see two people, like, through the tinted There's windows. Two and of it, them. Two of them, yeah. And she's like, no, why? And I'm like, because this fucking car just came up and just reversed and got behind us. So I, boom. Push her out of the way. Bam. Jam it in the gear. Er, fucking U-turn. Whip it out of there. And uh, just drive down. And I'm so freaked out. You know, she's like, all like, oh, let's find somewhere to go finish. And I was like, fuck that. I'll take the blue balls over a fucking mind eraser all day. I was like, dropped her off. Fucking, you're out of here. Drove back home. Never talked to her again. Did you get to see, uh, get a good look at him? There's two guys in the car, swear Can to God. Can you tell if they were bald? I heard they're bald. I've heard they're bald, too, no, but I couldn't get, like, a good and look at them. they usually have a hat. They, but, and they were, the and same, they were the same fucking height, too. Like, two figures well, in What's the, the theory on this? The theory is you see aliens. I mean, so the story with Will Smith is what the theory is. <laughs> yeah, I can't take you seriously <laughs> with that fucking hat. I gotta look straight ahead. I can just listen, because I can't yeah. even look I at mean, you. I mean, the theory is this. You see something you're not supposed to see. They're basically 
I don't know if because they come fast. They come out like right after you've seen it. They yeah, come or, out of a or portal, maybe. sometimes a day later. But yeah. that's the weird thing. It's they like erase did, your mind after. How did they know we were there? There's no coincidence on a blink black Lincoln Town car. And they drive fucking, an old school all black car, old school car that's in good condition. Yep. Yeah. <clears throat> at fucking 10 p.m. at night, going up a dirt road, and then they see me in a car and reverse and get behind me. Two guys like no, that is the fucking men in black. And there's uh. There's, like, very reputable people who say they've seen them. Am I reputable? Yeah. Yeah, fuck yeah. Okay, so did so. they I do mean, the mind eraser there. thing on you? Yeah, like, you they do the men in black? If no. You that's, if oh, you get, peeled. I peeled. go and talk to them. Okay. Yeah, I peeled out, and I think the whole thing was, like... Danny DeVito. Nobody's gonna... No, uh, <laughs> no what's the dude who's on... Not Danny DeVito. Yeah. The, the dude who's on in Ghostbusters... Yeah, it's a uh, Dan Aykroyd. Dan Aykroyd. Yeah. So and he apparently has seen the Men in Black. Yeah, and they. Oh, can you exclusively wear tinfoil hats from here on for the rest of the episode? Maybe you have brewers make you yeah, one of those. Brewers would do. We get a luggy up on here. But supposedly Dan Aykroyd has seen the Men in Black. <laughs> yeah. And uh, they he got a, he was doing a show where he interviewed people about seeing UFOs. He got the whole show was finished. Everything was about to go production. He got a random phone call, and. Uh, the show got canceled, and the very next minute, like, Britney Spears called him out of nowhere, all weird. Yeah. And then he looked over and saw the men in black, and then Britney called him at right as he saw, and they think maybe it was fake, like, not really Brit Britney, because they say she's a clone anyways. Who knows? Yeah. What and do you so, think about that, that one? <laughs> she is the great, is, yeah. greatest pop star of all time. But so anyways, Dan Aykroyd sees these people looking at him, and... Uh, Brittany calls, he looks away for a second, looks back, they're gone. And it was right <coughs> after they canceled his UFO show. Wow. Yeah. And, okay. I mean, so I'm, the men in black are real. 100% on people, men in black. There's photos of them, apparently. Yeah. What there's what there's the, on a fucking hotel camera on one of them. Yeah. Um, men in black are real. Aliens are real. What do you think? Bigfoot? Uh, uh, Lucas Magoon swears that him and I saw Bigfoot together, and he's seen it all the time. Or he's seen it many Buds times. Buds wouldn't even remember if he's a Bigfoot. Well, I don't remember the story Lucas talks about because Lucas was like, you were there, we saw the squatch. <laughs> the squatch? <laughs> the squatch or the squatch? The squatch. Okay, the squatch. <laughs> I, I've seen a fucking track when I was at Wendell's. Huge footprint. Really? Oh, yeah. Huge. You sure it wasn't Sean Lucy? You ever seen those hogs? <laughs> he's like size 16 or Bodie. That might be Bodie's yeah, foot. Bodie's rocking, rocking a 14, I think. Your boy's got an 11. Okay. And it was double the size. Wow. Yeah. Maybe Shaq was the, walking the around. The deal with the yeah. aliens is it's just a matter of when they release the facts to us. And they've already started too slowly. It's a slow yeah. drip. We have so. kind of a like a weekly alien update from Buds. He's claiming it's a slow drip. They're slowly. Well, they, dude, the government's admitted it. They're down. They, they might have just found life on Venus, though, on a real, really? real story. Okay. In the clouds, apparently. There's like a misty layer. And there's a... Uh, Cloud people who live in there? No, it's we like got Lando Calrissi. Lando up there? El Cal's up there? That would be so sick if he was up there. No, it's like microorganisms living, like signs of life, but yeah. life being like sperm, not even sperm cells. But <laughs> They also sell found a crazy sperm uh, from dinosaur times that got... Really? Kind of like uh, a dinosaur was, semen. Was it on Jock's? No, I think hoodie. it was like it was. 
it was caveman semen or something. <laughs> was that, and it was, was it a 32 case, hoodie that was, was found in Finland? In tree sap, just like the fucking story where the dinosaurs Jurassic come alive. Park, yeah, dude. Like yeah, they need a Jurassic that was Park. The news yesterday, dude. No Meets fucking way. Encino, man. Yeah. We need a little Brendan Fraziar on it. So, I saw this article on Apple News, just like it's semen just, found in. <laughs> On Young Jock's hoodie. <laughs> it's a perfect hoodie encased in maple syrup. It was just, it's insane. I don't know. If the, were you guys in Quebec? For that Finland. Uh, no, we were in Finland. Oh, this, a lot of this maple syrup's in Quebec. That's what I thought, man. But anyways, <laughs> dude. Yeah. Well, you guys wait, dude. Within. Hey, this is a good one. Buds is on. He's on. Um, I asked him. I said, hey, Buds, are you a flat earther? He goes, I'm a hollow earther, bro. <laughs> oh, yo, you want to talk about a Gartha? And how the Nazis found the entrance to Agartha down in the Antarctic? Yeah, that's what he's talking about. Yeah, and the dude. fucking reptilians are running around in the middle of the earth. Actually, facts. Did, I'm glad we're wearing our facts. tinfoiled hats for this one. The, the Nazis did. It's facts. They did fucking go on excursions for, like, anything mythical or religious, everything. Like, all that. Indiana Jones is a true story. Yeah. Um, well, side note. All uh, the Hollywood shit's true. They're just trying to soften you up. Ben? Yeah. Ben Bogart once dated a girl that was in a ripoff, an adult film vi- version of Indiana Jones, and it was called Indiana Jones and the Temple of Poon. Really? <laughs> Great movie. He knows Great that one. Yep. He dated it. He dated a girl that was in it. Yeah. Nice. Uh, right, continue. a Nazi base on the moon. Yeah. I'm, I'm Dude, because the reptilians gave him fucking uh, anti-gravity technology. Dude, the moon. But they, so they, they did an experiment to figure out if we were actually in Agartha. They're like, we might be in Agartha, and that the sky is we're like a reflection. We're in the hollow earth. Yeah, that's what they thought. And so they did some experiment where they pointed a fucking telescope like at a 45-degree angle or something. Something weird. And, like, they were at sea, and if it would have reflected something, they would have found that we were in Agartha. They found out we're not, and they found Agartha. Yeah. You ever hear about the, uh, I think it's the country, uh, I think it's Tartu or something? Where This is a real story? Yeah. yeah. I, think, I might be saying it wrong. No, this this guy shows up in a Japanese airport. Yep. And he's going through customs and they get his passport and there's this country they've never heard of. And they're like, what is this? Is this a joke? Is this a fake passport? What's going on? And uh, he's like, he pulls up a map and he basically shows them where Andorra is. He's like, this is where I'm from. And they're like, that's called Endora. It's not, it's like, I think Tartu or something weird. And so they locked this guy up because he doesn't have a real passport. They put him in a hotel room with security around. And uh, the guy just disappears. Yeah. In morning, he's not in the hotel room. And they thought he was from like another dimension. Where and in, in I that could see it. dimension, basically, Endora, different, it's like just different country names. And, yeah, there, and there's that's supposed to, supposedly a real one. There's the green children too. Yeah, who the green showed children up and they showed said up in they Germany. were from yeah from from the center of the earth. Yeah, and then after years, they uh, eventually lost their green tint because in the center of the earth, they're only able to eat these vegetables that have turned their their skin green. Fully okay, green well, kids. Well, the bomb hole. It was originally a uh, snowboard podcast. <laughs> we are actually transitioning into mainly conspiracy theories yes. and uh, tinfoil hat type of content. But I think we fucking did yes, it. I think we did it too, oh, Dylan. You're yeah. uh, Dylan. I think, I think people are going to be pretty excited listening to you. No right guy where I belong with a tinfoil <laughs> with hat, a tinfoil hat, and, and a fucking Chris on the bomb hole. <laughs> A straight jacket and a tinfoil hat. <laughs> Maybe a straight jacket. Yeah. Oh, I'll tell you, dude. I think you got this reputation for being this wild guy that's like whatever. And and you come in, I think you maybe showed some people you're fucking intelligent. You've 
got a, you're on book. You're an artist, which we didn't even talk about. Mathematician? Math, yeah, never, math magician. Never, yeah, I never guessed that. And a, also, a I, the, the one thing I do have to commend you on, and I don't want to fucking do too much of a little J.O. session. I don't want to do too much Speed stroking. But I got to say, like in this world, there's not that many people that are authentically mm. themselves. And, you know, you see a lot of people trying to shape shift and be somebody else. But I admire the fact that you are authentically yourself and you always have been. Exactly. Authentically. Even sometimes when I don't agree with it, I, yeah. I respect it. That's thank what I you. love as well. And that's what I love. You guys always got my back. So thank you for having me on. And, uh, yeah, if I ever shapeshift, I'm a fucking reptilian, so. <laughs> <laughs> well, we appreciate you guys. We will see you next Wednesday over and out from the bomb hole. All right, wow. What a pleasure that conversation was. We hope that you enjoyed that episode. And if so, and you want to find some ways to support, we have our Patreon, which can be found on our website, bombhole.com. We also have our store that sells signed prints, t-shirts sticker packs also like i said bombhole.com as well as a simple share on social media does a ton for us or writing a review on apple Podcasts. thank you to you guys our listeners we always appreciate your feedback we're going through some wild times right now i hope everybody is uh staying positive and mentally healthy and i hope you guys have a great week we will see you next wednesday